Right, are you ready? Yes. Do this. Here we go. Three, two, one. Let's do this shit. Veteran, 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 podcast. Hello and welcome to show eighty-five. Is this your new thing every week? Trying to put me off, see if that I don't do it. Bring 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 this is all about. Jesus. You're not going to work. It's not going to work. So, who have we got here this week? Noisy. Uh, nobody. Yeah. Well, there might be nobody in a minute if you can't. Introduce yourself. It might just be me on my own. Tell you. Who are you? Well, I'm the daddy, and it might just be the daddy show in a bit if you carry on. It already is. Oh, 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 no, you did it. You didn't. Let's talk about things that mundane things that happened to me this week. Yeah, whatever. I outside. Whatever. Who uh, else? Yeah, well, we've got uh, Ginny here, as you can hear, already. Hello. Yeah. hello, hello, hello. You know, I don't, I don't get, even get paid for this, you know, giving, getting verbal abuse every week, you know. You don't get paid? Oh, wait, that's right. Never mind. <clears throat> yeah, I know. We don't get paid. Yeah. What's up that? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Just getting verbally <laughs> abused for free. Um, and we've also got Duke here. Oh, I love that song. What a classic. Oh, I'm, I, I was rolling in. around in my chair then. Oh. I came to win. Battle okay. me. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, you know the uh, words. No, but that's for CPM actually, because I don't remember what the context was. But he referenced that song at some point in the uh, last Overseas Connection, and so I thought I would give him a shout out by uh, playing that awesome song. Ah, yeah, I love that song. Classic, right, man? That and Shamrocks and Shenanigans—that was their other major awesome song. Boom, Sherlock, lock, boom. All I've got to say is there's a good job there weren't a camera on then. It's a good job it's not a video pod because I was dancing in my <laughs> you chair were getting then. Down. I was. I was getting down, man. Oh, yeah. I was rolling backwards and forwards in my chair and everything. So... Yeah, I was just doing it again. I was just doing yeah, it. A... Can't help myself. It's a very... Uh, it's a party anthem. There's no doubt about it. Oh, it's a good song. It stands song. up. Yeah, it does. All right, games. Timeless. It's timeless. Games. Um... Yeah, I'm. I, actually, I want some advice off you guys. Oh my goodness, you're yeah. starting with a question. Yeah, I'm starting with because. Okay, go ahead. I'll give you an answer. I'm going on holiday tomorrow. We're, we're yes. recording on a Sunday, recording early because I'm going away. Uh, and I'm going wamping. I'm going wamping. You know what wamping? What? <laughs> wamping. Well, yeah. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, right in the UK now, okay, you can go to certain campsites, and you <laughs> it's get like dogging. Not really. <laughs> Not really. I uh, what that is this week, and I was like, ugh. So anyway, right, yeah. We're going wamping, and basically there's some campsites in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and instead of taking, a can- uh, like, a tent with you, like you would normally do, right, to put yeah. up, they have these things called wigwams on side. They're not like a wigwam as such a wigwam, but it's basically like a wooden tent already <laughs> yeah. erect and like ready a yurt. to go. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of it's shaped like a traditional shaped tent with skylights and a bit of electricity. So it's like a bit of a 
upmarket camping, if you will, so you don't have to actually rough it as much. So that's <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's what people in this country and that country need, I'm sure. They're yeah. so we're so used to you know living without. When you go camping, you don't want to go totally without. That's right. So you get electric, you get a little fridge. And a You're not camping. You're staying it's, in a hotel. It's not a hotel. It's a wooden tent, man. Whatever. Get... With electricity and a fridge. Yeah, and a sponge. It's not camping. I'm sorry. If you have electricity, it's not camping. Well, anyway. I'm with... I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate camping. I can't stand it. I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm just saying that's not what it is. Well, the thing is, the thing is, obviously, I'm away from consoles, so I'm a bit like... <sighs> you better bring a, six different gadgets. I am, I am. I am. I'll have my iPod touch. I'll have, my, I'll have my 3DS. Okay. Uh, of course you will. Uh, and I've also I've downloaded Metro 2033 on, onto Kindle. So I've got that. <laughs> You're playing on a Kindle? No, I read it on a Kindle. I'm going to read oh, oh, the it. Book. The, I'm book, sorry. the okay. book. The book. The book. I was like, what? And, How can you play a video game on a Kindle? And I've obviously still got Why Games Matter. So yeah, I've still got you know, yeah. Tom Bissell to read. So I'm what sorry. should I do? Should I play games? Like I've got, obviously, you know, I've got a few games that I need to finish off. I've got Lego, Harry Potter. You're going to be paralyzed by indecision. Like, if you only have a book, then when you have free <laughs> yeah. time, there's nothing to think about. It's like, time to read. But if you have all these different things with you, yeah. you'd be like, ah, which one should I be doing? Ah, ah. Too many choices. Yeah, right. You'd be like, ah. Well, do each one of them for twenty minutes. These are the choices of games on the iPod I've got. Right, I've got I've got Riven, which I only barely oh. scratch. Really, hell yeah, dude! What do you think I'm going to vote for? I know I've got Dead Space. Don't don't read the rest of the list. Dead Space, and I've also got Lego Harry Potter of the three. Riven. Riven. So Riven. What do you think, Ginny? Any of those three? What do you think? I yeah, think well, Riven. What he said. Riven. Yeah. And then on the iPod... iPod and yeah. <laughs> Can you just want to get done with this? Can you, then, should I set myself on fire? Yeah, whatever Duke said. Yeah, whatever whatever <laughs> progresses this conversation to the... Shut up. To the and, and on the 3DS, on the 3DS, I've, um, I've obviously got Ocarina of Time, which, again, I've played for a few hours now, but I'm not really massively into it yet. So what, should I play it up? Heresy! I know, I know. Or, or should I read a book? What should I do? I don't know what to do. What should I always read a book? All the above. All of the above. Oh my god! I'm only going for four nights. Jeez. Well, why are you bringing six devices with you? Well, Bring I'm one. Well, and just you know, I want choice. I like choice. Why? I don't know. I just well, then make choices when you get there because it doesn't matter if you're already making the choice now. I guess you don't need to bring all that different stuff. So I'm still no nearer, am I? Because you, you're. I mean, you're, don't worry, listeners. I'm yeah. also drifting off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just keep shouting Riven, you know, so... Well, then that's it. That's our decision. Yeah. Okay, then I'll... I represent the consensus of this podcast. I will try and play the mind-bending Don't game. Don't try. You play Riven. Otherwise known as... I'm going to have to print off a walkthrough before I go, though, aren't I? No, we don't print off a walkthrough. <laughs> There's only one thing you need to bring. Yeah, yeah. My brain. I can't tell you what it is, but... <laughs> My brain, maybe. I don't... No, no, no. There's one puzzle that's just like... I'm sorry to say it. Because most of the game is awesome, but there's one thing you have to do. Game breaker. <laughs> Obviously, it's kind of a game breaker. But game breaker. There you go. <laughs> it's the only thing I've ever looked up for one of their games in a walkthrough, you know, Ooh. game guide. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. So that's what I'm be doing. So yeah, I'll, right. I will do all of the above then. What you gonna be playing? <laughs> yeah, what am I gonna be playing? And obviously, whatever I play, I'll talk about next week. I'll talk about it. Yeah. So if you haven't had enough of this discussion, people, Indeed. wait till next but, week. 
but then I'll be talking. Version. But then I will be talking about the games or oh, the book I've read or whatever I did. Yeah, so, you know, so. totally read Tom Bissell. Yeah, well, I might do that. I might, I'm uh, taking. Chapter twenty thirty three is good, but you're not going to finish that in four days. You can no, finish. Yeah. Tom you should. Days. You should finish Tom Bussell. Read like, two chapters a day. That's piece of cake. When you okay. when you read it, like I, I couldn't put it down. All right, uh, I will try and read Tom Bissell. It's then. totally written for exactly for people like us. Okay, I will try and read Tom Bissell as well as play a bit of games. I'll try and do both. Um, so, Chinny, what have you been up to this week then, sort of gaming-wise? Gaming-wise? I thought you just meant in general then. I was like, oh, well, yeah, different. well, you can look if you want to tell us what you've been up to. What, have you been up to anything? No, we're here to discuss games and that's well, look, it. No, games, exactly. look, I just want to know what you've been doing now. What have you been doing? I finished Infamous. Oh, nice. Bang that out. Um, I, I really liked the story in Infamous. Yeah, isn't the ending good? It's it's very good, and the the the, the very end, like the twist at the end. Did you see it too, coming? No, not at all, not at all. Like, I it, but whatever. But the it's thing is, really like, good. the thing is, like, I wasn't really paying attention to it, mm. it you know. And uh, it, it's not it's it's not really a game that you pay attention to the story, like avidly. I don't think. Like, the story just, seems very pedestrian at first. Yeah, like for most yeah, of the game, then, you're like, eh, whatever. And then by the end, you're like, like, whoa! When they throw that at the end, you're like, wow, like, oh, that's kind of yeah. cool. Right? And yeah. Uh, they, it's 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 so good, and I, I really enjoyed it. And every, every power up is like, you know, every time you go into a sewer, yeah, to, to get a power power mm-hmm. up, you have to go into the sewer and you have to like like research the electricity. So there's part of the city has its electricity back. And then like every power up you get, you're like, how did I live without this? Like how did yeah, I get yeah, yeah. that? Like you know, when you get a shield, you're like, ah, oh, brilliant, a shield. You know, like, like how did I defeat this boss without one of these? Um, yeah. Which is so cool, and I, I just I really liked it. I, I think I'm going to play it again as as an evil guy. Um, but yeah, brilliant! Wow, that's really. I see. I haven't finished it. Yet. I still need to finish that game. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a very strong game. I, 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 it really surprised me, like what what happened at the end. And yeah, yeah I just I just think, man, like uh, I wish I kind of paid attention to the story. And it, w- what was really interesting about the story, I don't know how you feel about this, Duke, but the position of Zeke, who who starts off as your mm-hmm. your best yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he shows early signs of like he's really jealous that you're a yeah. superhero, oh, right? Sure. And he's not. He's an interesting to... character, and he becomes even more interesting in number two. Yeah, he, he tries to get involved. He tries to like, oh, I want to be a superhero. I want to be, yeah. you know, like this. He, he sees all the exciting stuff, and obviously, uh-huh. Cold is like, don't do it. And he gets, yeah. he, you know, he he does th- Zeke does things in the story that really fuck everything up, right? <laughs> and like, not just like, oh, you know, you. You you made that bad guy find me or something. No, he really like makes a mistake, <laughs> That's and true. he does it again. And he, he like he, I thought it was it was so well handled and really well done. And I was like, man, I can't wait for because I know Infamous Two is 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 polished. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. they nailed oh, yeah. the engine. They they took out like, some dumb things and put in some cool new things. But I, I, by and large, I, they didn't screw with it. Like that's what I loved about Infamous Two. But their storytelling, I th- I thought was spot on. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they nailed what they needed to do. Yeah, and the the feeling of being a superhero was still there. Yeah. So the yeah. story in two isn't as good. I mean, obviously the ending isn't going to be nearly as good, but but I liked it. I I thought the story was decent in Infamous yeah. Two. They, they have, you know they have interesting characters. Like uh, there was a certain decision at the end, like that yeah. I didn't. I I did the good ending right. Yeah. There's a certain thing at the end. They they kind of I, I, without any detail, like they killed someone off at the end. That I thought that was a bit that was a bit weird. You know, like they. They killed that that person off. I, I'm not sure why, but you know it was it was still cool. It was it was 
You see, I feel I feel like I need to go back and finish this. You do. Have you played two as well? I've played a bit of two, but I haven't played a massive amount of two. And I don't definitely the type of game you should totally finish if for no other reason than for the story. You see, I got stuck at a stupid bit. I got stuck at a bit where you had to go up in the lift, and you know when you're on the second island, you have to go that. Oh, you're not far then. You're not far. And I, and I got stuck because I couldn't figure out how to get in the lift and it wouldn't let me do it and it was all a bit weird and I was like... Yeah, yeah, some of, like like Jenny said last time, some of the climbing mechanics are a bit wonky. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I just need to go back and do it. What do you mean go, the checkpoints are pretty close together from what I recall, though. What do you mean get in the lift? I don't know. There's a, there's a thing where he said you've got to get in the lift and uh, or something. No, you have to activate it. You have to yeah, turn have the to power. Activate it. You have to go up and there's about four mm-hmm. of them. And you have to kind of go up yeah. and like... Ah, uh, you see, I was trying to find a switch on the ground. Is that the big, enormous tower you have to yeah. climb? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that being kind you know, of annoying. But, Stu, you're not far, though. Like, I reckon you've got about another two, three hours to go. Really? Yeah, you know, I should far. go back you're and finish it then, shouldn't I? You see, because yeah. I'm not, I, I don't think the second one really alludes too much to what happens at the end of the first one, from what I can no, I wouldn't imagine so, because, I mean, like, the ending in Infamous 1 is an ending, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is, like, this is wrapped up, and yeah. we, he's still got powers and stuff, but it's this little story's done. So I doubt they would kind of, like, bring... I mean, characters come back, but, like, as far as story goes, it's a, it's a whole new... It's a, whole new it's, a set, it's a new setting as well, it's New Orleans as well, so... yeah. Very good, very good. It's, not, it's, it's new something else. It's not actually New Orleans. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will, oh, okay. I will attempt to go back and finish it, and I'll give it a go. Yeah, I'll go definitely. back and get it finished. Yeah. Okay, okay. New Marais is the city in uh, Infamous 2. I will do it. Very it different. New Orleans, though. It, it's, it's a city that's been destroyed by a hurricane, and a lot of it's underwater. That's nothing like New Orleans. <laughs> because I don't uh, want to. I don't want to become part of the ninety percent of gamers that don't finish games. Yeah, like really. That. What's wrong? Why are you a nine and ten? Oh. I know. Well, going on, to games, going on to games that you can't finish, I cannot finish Operation Flashpoint Red River. Uh, not geez. because I don't like it, not because I don't try to not finish it. It's because I can't fucking finish it. All right? I want to play that game with my friend, my good friend, Lee Marsh. I cannot finish it. I keep playing with him, and like, if he hosts it, and I'm joining his game, and then we start the game, it crashes for him and it kicks me out. If I host it, it does the same for me. It crashes for me and it kicks him out. And then if I start it and he jumps in on my game, it crashes for me. But if he starts it, it works for so long until one of us dies, and then it kicks us out. And it's just a ball lake. And the only way, the only successful way that we played it is Chris Matthews, CPM, hosts the match, and me and Marsh join it. And it's so annoying. Well, don't get mad at the game. Get mad at CPM. No, What's he no, got no. to do? No, he, he helps them. It's no, it's it's when Ginny and Marshy. Is it Marshy? I'm saying yeah. CPM yeah. should always be around. Yeah, the host. Yeah, so can play. Yeah. It's it's a really good game. I'm just, I've played Mission Four seven times. All right, God. and I still enjoy it. Like I still, I know coming right. I still enjoy the mission. It's so uh-huh. cool. Marsh has played it. He, Marsh has finished it. Chris has finished it. I can't. I'm the, now, if anybody wants to play Red River with me, you're more than welcome. Because I said to Marsh, look, anybody, because I usually get an invite from like John Mayer or Chris, and I always want to wait for Marsh. I want to play it with Marsh, but he's finished it now. So I said to Marsh, look, if anybody sends me an invite to play this game, I'm going to play it because I'm getting sick of it. All right, and I just want to kind of get through it. So if anybody wants to send play play with me on Red River, um, just send me an invite. I mean, let me ask you a question: Does it have Does it have local co-op? Can you do split screen on it? You can, I think he can because he lives. Doesn't he live near you? Can he not just come he round? No, he doesn't. He's moved. He's, oh. he's so and he doesn't live. I mean, he, he's not too far. He's probably about twenty minutes away. 
Um, Tell him to get his ass around, sit on sofa and just finish. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, do it like that. I mean, he works like away in London for like a week and a half and he's like back for three, four days and his nan's in hospital and all this. So it's like difficult to kind of get Look, him. if he's got time to play you online, he's got time to nip around your ass. I know, but it's easier too. though, isn't it? It's easy. It is. It, well, it, well, not apparently. <laughs> well, no, but like it's more convenient. Xbox Live is convenient, isn't it? It's like everybody's at home. Yeah, but then how much time have you wasted trying to do it? I know, I know, but like, <laughs> we, we always think we always give it. But I think today was the last straw. We went. It's really to, frustrating to be so close yeah, and I, not be. Able and to. and, and the, I, I mean, I got so close to finishing Mission Four. It was the last part. Like I said, how close was we before that crashed? And he went, that was the last firefight, oh, and geez. it was just ridiculous. And I was like, man, so I've played. <laughs> Played all of the mission pretty much, apart from the last like few enemies until it says uh-huh. well done, and then you can you then you get extracted. So it's a pain in the ass. So I just want to kind of get it done and, and play on. But uh, we do have another co-op game. He's trying to get from Love Film. I've got it at the moment. It's it's Call of War as the Cartel, which apparently is awful. Uh, you see, I haven't. Um, I've got it on my Love Film list, but there's no way I'm sort of buying it from the stuff. No, I'm... no. Now I've got it from Love Film, but the Cartel. I mean. I, I've heard really bad things. Like it doesn't work. And bear in mind, the people who made this are also making Dead Island, and I think it's the, the same situation as of what happened to Obsidian when they made Alpha Protocol and Fallout New Vegas. They've got this one game that they've that they've been working on, and they want to get it the way. And that this other game that they're really excited about, and they know will sell. Right. So like they kind of lose concentration on Alpha Protocol, or in this case, the cartel, and they put all their concentration on, in this case, Dead Island and what there was before. But is it is it that, or, or the idea of moving it to modern times just didn't work? I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think that's what's, what's uh, being sliced about it, the fact that it just doesn't work. It's not fun. Co-op doesn't work, apparently. This is another co-op game that's not going to work, so I'm just shit myself in the foot. But <laughs> like, it, it's, it's just amazingly dull and just you know it, like the animations are basic and the graphics are basic it just looks like a game that had just been flushed out before it really got fine-tuned i don't know i haven't played it but these are the things i've heard so i don't know we'll see um but i'm just i'm just anxious to play a co-op game with marsh because we, we we always like playing co-op games but we've got gears of war 3 coming up so that's that's gonna be good um, yeah and i'm thinking coming deus ex isn't it and well, like next cool. week next week no, no, but I mean, big games oh, yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, next I, week, I, I called Deus Ex. I, I, I was we'll so see. We'll see. sure Deus Ex is going to be a hit, and I think it is. It, the reviews are coming out. Yeah, like, I, I would agree. I do think. Yeah. So but uh, yeah, like you know, so I finished Infamous Red River, and that's it, really. That's all I've been playing. Is that it for you? Huh? Yeah, I don't right. think I played any demos or anything. I didn't play the body cam. What was the other demo that was out? Uh, Toy Soldier. Toy Soldier was the other. Oh game. no, oh, I haven't one. played that. No. Toy Soldier. You. Well. I'll talk about body count then, because obviously I talk about it. I've, have you played this, Duke? Have you given it nope. a go? Oh, I downloaded it, but I didn't play. I it. Can't believe I, you didn't play this game. Sorry, um, <laughs> I didn't do it despite you. I assure you. I, I'm sort of obviously. I did listen to the overseas this week, and I'm with Murphy on this. It, it's got some weird control system. It's it's like it's like Resident Evil Four because you stop and shoot if you if you pull the trigger all the way in he just stops still and but what's the weirdest thing about this mechanic right what what i think they should have done they could have had it on the trigger like that but it only worked when you were next to an object you know so it was for like for getting into cover or whatever yeah. i would have been okay with that but it doesn't so what you can do this weird thing where you can stop in the middle of an open area and lean side to side 
Mm. Like, when you're not even next to anything. Mm. And it just feels a bit weird. Like, why is he doing that? I don't know. But I've got to say, the weapons feel great. It's And it's got some fantastic sound. You know, when you shoot something, you do... You know, because he said he was going for this, so you feel like the weight of the weapon. Yeah, that's what it's about, like, meaty weapon. It does feel like that. The sound is very bassy sort of shooting sound. You know, it does sound really, like, you know, booming. And, booming. and, and it has, like, a very, very slight vibration, you know, on the obviously on the rumble on the controller. And it does make it feel like you're, you're sort of shooting something with some weight in it. And, you, like, the only thing it gives you in the demo, right, there's obviously all these different rounds or different types of rounds you can use. And it gives you these explosive rounds that you can use. But I didn't see much effect, but they're, they're pretty good, you know, when you shoot again. So, and, and it's got, like, a timer that counts down. So, basically, the way it, it works a bit like... Uh, it reminded me a lot of Crackdown. Uh, a little bit like that, because every time you shoot someone, all these little bubble things pop out of them and land on the ground, you know, and they're like the power-ups and stuff. Do they, like, like glide into you, like, on crack? Yeah, right? yeah, so when you get Follow close you. enough, they, you, you suck them up, sort of thing. Right, right. From, and they, they obviously get sucked up from a distance as well. Um, but, the, but obviously they replenish your power, sort of thing. So when you press, so they're all, like, on the D-pad. So you just press whichever direction you want the you know, to go in, and then it just slowly wears down until it runs out, and then obviously as you shoot people, you can, then they obviously build it back up again. Um, but there's lots of explosions, there's lots of stuff like it's destructible, but again, it's one of those weird games where some stuff is and some stuff isn't. So you could like shoot the side of a building off, but like something else, you can shoot it and nothing happens. Like a chair. Yeah, 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 so it's a bit weird in that way. Uh, graphically, it doesn't look that stunning, it's very sort of you know, very sort of early 360-type graphics. There's no, like, major particle effects or lighting, shadowing or anything like that going on. It doesn't look super realistic either. It just looks sort of... It's just acceptable, I would have said, from a graphical standpoint. But it could be fun, but it's bloody hard as well. That's the other thing. It's uh, very much... uh, it, 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 although it's not like a cover shooter, you feel like you need to stay in cover as much as you can. And a lot of the cover's destructible as well, so if you do get into cover... Cover shooter, then. Yeah, it feels like it should be a cover shooter. And, and if you run into the light too far ahead, you, you soon get swamped by the soldiers, because they'll be just... And they'll come from every direction. So you, you get killed. And it has this weird thing, right? You know, it, it has a replenishing health thing, unlike black. So you sort of... You get, but... You know, normally it sort of goes, you know, like it's usually red or it goes black or whatever it does, you know, and then fades and what have you. There's no real signal as to when you're going to die because it sort of feels like you've still got a bit of health left and then suddenly you just die. And then it just says asset is dead and you have to go back to the last checkpoint. And and quite often the checkpoints are quite farish apart as well because it's like it feels like a, a lot. I'll tell you what it feels a lot like the club. That's what it felt like. Oh, that's an instant download then. Yeah. <laughs> it felt a lot like that because it's all about how many points you score. And at the end of the level, you get scored like in a Japanese game. You know, it gives you a rating at the end of how well you did. Brilliant. Yeah. So it felt a lot like that as well. It felt like this, like, run, and you get obviously a bonus the quicker you complete the level, you get a bonus for that. So it's, it really does feel a lot like the club updated and sort of a bit like, you know, those sorts of games, really. But we'll see. I'm not. I'm not totally sold. If I'm being honest, it was okay, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not totally sold with it. But it's got some interesting stuff. But the, the, like I say, the controls are a bit wonky. But have a go and see what you think. But I wasn't. I wasn't that blown away. If I'm being honest. Um, the other game I played. I played the Toy Soldier demo. Uh, the new to- update oh, right. to Toy yeah, Soldier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
again, I liked it. I liked it better than the first one because I wasn't that that sort of enamoured with the first one. Not many people were. No, but I think they've done a good job of sort of. Uh, it still wasn't enough for me to buy it though. I didn't, even though I had fun with it, I didn't feel like I had to buy it at the end. I wasn't like, yeah, I've got to have this. But I thought it was cool. I had some fun with it. You know, there's some cool stuff going on, and one of the cool things in it, or additions, and I don't know whether they did this in the first one. I just didn't get that far. Um, but you get like toy helicopters and stuff now as well. So you can control those and fly around the battlefield shooting at stuff. Oh, right. So that it's was basically Cold War, right? It's like the Cold War era kind of thing. Yeah. So that was really cool. That was kind of cool. Uh, and there's like battery packs appear on the map, so you have to keep your battery topped up or else you just blow up. Uh, and you can control all the tanks, so you get like tanks now on a on a map and you can sort of get into them and drive Is around. Is it still a terror defence game? Is it still? Yes, that's still all there as well, yeah. All right, good. So basically when the tank gets blown up, then you have to wait so long for it to sort of respawn. So if you... And you can still control the, the tanks and aim yourself? Yep, so you can do so all wh- that. Why is it better? Like why... Why is it well, I don't know. That's what I mean. I didn't play enough of the first one, I don't think, to really get a feel for it. I've always debated going back to the first one because yeah. I felt like I didn't give it enough time or something. I don't know. But it seemed to work well. I mean, it, everything worked on it. You know, I had no issues with anything, you know, and you soon seemed to... I got the hang very quickly of setting up the towers, upgrading them, you know, changing what type of tower I had. Uh, and and there's, there's obviously there's a good balance between long range weaponry and and short range stuff and what you need in different places. Um, I was quite impressed with it, but it wasn't it just wasn't enough for me to buy it. I just wasn't blown enough away to buy it. I mean, did you did you have a go at this Duke at all? Nope. Okay. Um, I was really unimpressed with the first one, and the second one did not seem different enough to merit my giving it a shot. It had the, I, I really liked the, the tutorial at the beginning. That was really well done, how it teaches you to use all the different types of weapons. That was really cool. Because eh? it puts you into these like shooting ranges and stuff, and obviously to try all your weapons out. And you get scored on all of those as well, and obviously there are, all your friends have their scores up as well. So it does that, can you beat your friends' scores on stuff. So that was kind of cool. Um, so I liked all that stuff, but I don't know, it just wasn't enough. There was a really cool, I liked the, there was like some mini games in this as well, and one was called Fly Swat, uh, and I really liked that, and basically you, you sort of have to kill all these, as many flies as you can coming up out of the, in this like, room, you know, like out of the sea. We're suddenly talking about Earth Defense Force now. Well, it's a bit like that, <laughs> uh, but, but you get these golden flies that get hidden by the bigger ones, and if you hit those, you get multipliers and stuff then. I see. And that was kind of cool. I like that. I like that a lot. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of game to be played. You know, they put a lot into it. You know, it does feel like they've really sort of put as much as they can into it. So I quite enjoyed that. Um, and then I, the, the rest of the stuff I've been playing, I played loads more Machinarium this week with Millie. Uh, yeah. she, is, she is totally obsessed with that game. Good. You know, she just she has got the bug. You know, like that spark. Oh, God, she's just so got the spark. So I asked her, I said why do you like it what is it about the game that that makes you want to keep playing it and she said she said it's the way that he puts everything in his mouth it's so cute i mean the, the little is. animations are just adorable it is uh, and she likes the puzzles she likes the puzzles and she likes the eureka moments is mm-hmm. uh, is what she said you know so Has she played mist <laughs> she she would never be able to play mist she wouldn't she likes machinarium i can't yeah see but machinarium isn't as hard as mist no way yeah, I guess. Oh, um, and what she's also taken to doing is drawing pictures from the game. So she's got like a sketchbook 
Uh, and she's been drawing all the different scenes in the games in her sketchbook, which is quite amusing. So she's been doing that. But yeah, loving it. I can't recommend it enough. It's just brilliant. I absolutely love that game. Uh, and keeping on the theme of point-and-click adventures, I've really got into Back to the Future. Uh, I think, yeah, I need to get on this. That I, uh, Have you bought it? Did you buy it when it was cheap? I can't remember. Oh, you should have done it. What, seven ninety nine? I don't know. It was cheap. I think I did. Really I don't cheap. Know. Um, but I've finished the first one, and then I finished the second part. Uh, and I've got to agree because I've read a lot of you know that the second one it gets better as it goes along. And I've got to say the story is just brilliant. I'm go- I'm gonna love this game. Oh, you're gonna love it, man! They have done yeah. such a great job of the story, and uh, each each episode finishes on like a real good cliffhanger. Right. Uh, and I love it. I just think the whole. Oh, I need to. I need to. But don't spoil it. For me. I won't spoil it. But I've got to say, the 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 voice acting is really, really well done. It's okay. so well done. And uh, my, only, my only concern was Christopher Lloyd is going to sound old because he it doesn't. He's... He sounds exactly the same because he's getting on now. Christopher Lloyd. I'm like, well, maybe. And what they did, you meet you meet a younger version of him in the game. Right, right. And I don't know who did the voice for that. I'm assuming it wasn't him, but it, it does sound like what he would sound like when he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> so whether it's him or not, I don't know. But it did, the, the whole, I think you'd love it. I just think the I whole, will. yeah, I'll do. It. I, I, I don't know why I haven't played it yet. I don't know. I don't know. Just, I haven't sure. played it yet. Yeah. Why? 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 What, what kind of a battlefield fan am I? I know. Yeah. Really. Rubbish. Come you're on. And I'm about halfway through the third episode now, and I'm, I just love it. The twists and turns... It's five they, altogether, isn't it? Yeah, five altogether. Twists and turns in the story are just brilliant. Each episode probably lasts, depending on how quickly you solve the puzzles, probably about an hour, an hour and a half, possibly two hours at a stretch. Yeah. Uh, but it depends how quickly you solve the puzzles, really. Um, but there's some cool puzzles in it. You know, they've done a good job, and I've not had to use the hints very often, maybe once. There was a bit where I got stuck, but on the whole, it's been pretty good. I've really enjoyed the puzzles and stuff in it. There's nothing too taxing, though. They haven't gone for, like, completely twist your noodle. Um, but it's really good. Really good. And the stories, I'm just loving the story, so I think you'll really love it. Oh, well. um, and then the last thing I've played this week is a Cubics HD demo on the PS3. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's it's an interesting game. It's an interesting game. So basically, it's got the obligatory, like, housey type dance music in the background. Um, and then basically, it's just a cube uh, with these cubics, or what they call cubics things, in the, in the different faces of the cube. And basically, you've got to, you, you have like a laser tool, if you will, and you've just got to cut away the cube, and you've got to get like 60% of the cube cut away to finish a level, but by avoiding hitting these things that are like, you know moving around inside the surfaces if that makes any sense it's, it's pretty good it's like a puzzle game I guess you'd call it but and you get multipliers the longer you can keep cutting stuff away without actually stopping and it, it's quite complex once you get into it and they keep it's adding quite, things soundtrack, in soundtrack uh, it's some good music yeah I think you'd like <laughs> ah, naughty <laughs> Uh, Are you bouncing in your chair now? Stupid. I am. Oh, I love that tune. <laughs> Actually, if I'm being honest, it's a little bit better than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you'd like it, Duke. I think it might be something you'd like to play. It's just a simple sort of puzzle game, and yeah, it's quite cool. It looks nice, and it just plays well. It's an interesting game. Uh, and that's about it for me. That's it for me this week. Yeah. So what have you been playing, Duke? I'm really interested to hear about one of your games. 
Most yeah, I know everybody probably is. Yeah. Um, first of all, what have I been buying? I got my Fallout 3 special edition thing, and I already had the game, so I was like, I don't need this game, so I sold that for 10 bucks. So all the extra stuff only cost me 20 bucks, and I didn't realize it came with this cool art book. It has all these like designing sketches and like prototype images of all the weapons and the monsters and the robots and stuff. That's cool. There's a making of DVD that was short, but it was interesting. It ended so unceremoniously. The most interesting part was at the end where they talk about it with the sound development guy, and he's like showing how like he has this big water bottle and he was like hitting it on the back, so it was boom boom, and then he'd like twist it up and change the sound so that it would make the sound of the guns and stuff. And he was talking about how hard it is to make energy weapons that sound cool because most energy weapons sound like and he's like, that's a stupid sound for a weapon. You want something that's going to like sound like it could take someone's head off. Uh, and then the bottle caps, he just had this collection of bottle caps and he's like, it just sounds like this and he's shaking them in my hand. And then it just ended. It was like the end. And I'm like, what the? F- <laughs> okay. I thought they'd have some sort of, you know, how a lot of the making of things at the end, it'll be like, you know, they'll have some like, retro- I really love working on Fallout. I believe Fallout yeah, is exactly. going to be one like, of the best games. This is a new corner, on. and this is a new dawn for the history of games and stuff. Because, I mean, in a way, it did change a lot of stuff and did bring in some really important new things. So, I don't know. If ever there were a time for hyperbole, I think that would be it. But anyway. Uh, I got the bobblehead. I brought that into school, so I'm waiting for students to come in and be like, oh, "Dude!" And I also got my new lunchbox. You hear that? It's uh, a yeah. Ball Tech lunchbox. And the Duchess picked it up before the show, and she was like laughing at it because it's really funny. I mean, it's you know, it's cute. It's Vault Tech. It's showing people going into the vault while the nuclear bombs are going off in the background. And um, yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy with it. So, twenty bucks well spent. Well, then, well, can I ask you? Can I ask you, how big is it? I get the impression it's just like tiny, just about fit a sandwich in it. Well, you know, is it, well, a, good, I mean, is it a good size? A it's a full-size lunchbox, but it's not huge. I could, could fit a sandwich and some crisps, as you would say. Chips. And an apple inside. Potato chips. <laughs> yes, potato chips. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm really happy with that. Um, Old World Blues. I finished the DLC. It's not bad. It's probably the most interesting of the three DLC available for Fallout New Vegas, but it still leaves a lot to be desired. Like, there's a, it's mostly fetch gathering. Like, that's almost all of that DLC is just fetch gathering, which is all right, I guess, but I don't know. It, it could have developed the story in a much more interesting way. And the thing that bugs me about this DLC is for Fallout New Vegas, in each case, they're presenting it as kind of like its own little game. So when you first start it up, you know how in the Fallout 3 DLC, you go to the pit and it's like, hey, we're going and then here's the thing and then go over there. And like it's basically like a fluid transition. But with this, it's like there's a title screen and then this like intro movie and all this stuff. And it just and then at the end, it's like, here's what happened to this person. Here's what happened to that person. Here's what happened to these people. And I'm just like, I don't really care. It was only like six hours. I don't know. Well, maybe less than that. But I don't know. Whatever. It just seems silly. But then I um, think, don't you think, though, when you've already got a game that's as big as it is, and there's that much stuff actually in the main game, it's, it must be really difficult to come up with new ideas for DLC. Well, but that's, that's the thing. Cool. They have some interesting ideas in Old World Blues. They just didn't implement them very well. So, I mean, it's hard to get into without giving spoilers, and I don't really want to give spoilers. So I'll just say that, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's a good concept, and there's some interesting characters, but they didn't really develop it well, and they didn't really – it felt like it was kind of rushed. And I don't know, whatever. 
Uh, you see, I, I think some of the best DLC they've done is the Shivering Isles on Oblivion because it's a totally different story in a totally different world. And it, it, I thought they did a brilliant job. I love that DLC, but I haven't played. Obviously, I haven't played any of the, the Fallout Three stuff. I haven't even finished the bloody game. I guess. Look at it was a good DLC. Yeah, the DLC in Fallout Three I feel was really good, and I don't know this one. I mean, this one's all right, but this you know what I'm sick of in Fallout New Vegas, and I feel like this wasn't as much of a problem in Three, but maybe it's because I'm looking at Three with rose tinted glasses. They're these super hard robo scorpions, and they come at you, and you have to keep running backwards and shooting at them, and all this stuff, and it's really tense. And you finally defeat them, and you get some scrap metal. Oh boy! Thank God for that. Here's a foot locker. It's locked. It's hard level, so there's something valuable being kept in here. Open it up and get six bullets. Just oh what boy. you always wanted. <laughs> I know. What's up with that? That's not a reward system at all, is it? They stole a joke from Futurama. You ever see the one where the big brains come in and they're like, and then they turn stupid and they go, I'm leaving for no raisins. They stole that joke for this. Um, the talking gadgets are amusing in Old World Blues, but they're pointless, so I don't know, whatever. I felt, again, like they could have, the final scene has some interesting philosophical ideas in it, uh, so it's not a total loss, but I really, I mean, all the DLC, I'd say wait for it to go on, or on special. Which, just... which reminds me, actually, in, in uh, Back to the Future, uh, Marty McFly makes a reference to G-Man in, in one of the lines he uses. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, it was kind of cool. Just reminded me then when you said they made a reference to something. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Made me chuckle. About that. Yeah. I've been playing a few MUDs, a little bit of mudding, multi-instruments, uh, mud, text-based mud, mud. RPG-type things. Is that uh, like having sex in dirty weather, then? No, I'm not. it's nothing to do with sex. Ah. Uh. Ugh. Um, we had our home front play date. That was fun. So yeah, cheers to the people who showed up. Hell Patrol, Johnny Boy. Uh, good times there. And then there's L.A. Noir. Ah, yeah. So the elephant in the room. What do you think? Elephant in the room. Um. Mom, mom. The anticipation is killing me, man. It's killing me, man. Come on, come on. What do you think? Let me ask you a question to start this hey, off. Go. Okay. Do the interrogations matter? Mm, yes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, they do. They do to Why? a certain... No, well, the wow. outcomes are different depending on how well you're doing them. But in a way, they don't matter. It, my best advice to you is, right, is, is don't play it like a game. <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. So instead, instead of trying to win... When you're doing the interrogations, just do it as you would do it if you were doing it, if that makes sense. It does, man. I mean, I know what you're saying, and that's the way I've been doing it. Yeah. But Don't the lesson about that I've gotten feel- from that is I should never be a detective. Right. But don't, I mean, apparently I just suck at them. Uh, but that, that, Where were you last night? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. That, no, hang on. <laughs> because, okay, here's the thing. It's possible that I just suck. But it's also possible that the structure of the game leaves something to be desired. For instance, there's a part where I don't remember the exact discussion or even what they were talking about. So we'll just put it in a different way. Suppose I were to say to you, Chinny, what's your favorite kind of biscuit? Yeah. What would you say? Um, uh, that's a good question. Uh, Jammy Dodgers. Okay, now suppose I, I thought maybe you're, you're, you're really actually more fond of chocolate chips. I might say to you, 
Jammy Dodgers, really? Because, I don't know, I, I very few people would say that's their favorite biscuit of all time. You know what I'm saying? That's, that might be the way I would doubt you. Yeah. However, Cole in L.A. Noir would probably approach it more like this. It's a federal offense to lie to a police officer! How dare you think you're going to get away with this? So that that, that Dude, date, date button. That date button should be renamed psychopath button. Shout, shout button. There should be more options, especially because a lot of the things that people say don't fall into truth, lie, doubt. They're you just, see, they're, you see, the problem I had, like, well, well, like, where you were, you is is a bad example. But it's like, do you know why your husband's doing this? And she's like, I have no idea. Like, what? I, I mean, unless I see a note that says, "Hey, honey, I'm going to drop off the uh, corruption money. Be back at nine. I can't prove that she doesn't know where he was. No, you see, you see, I agree with you there. But the problem I had was slightly different. The biggest issue I had with the game was like witnesses who had no reason to lie to you. So like just a dude in a bar who had nothing to do with what had happened. So there was no connection apart from the fact he was a witness or she was a witness would lie to you and you had to do the doubt thing to get the truth out of you. I'm just trying to get notice for the newspaper. Yeah. Why, why would you, why would you, why would they, they, in real life, people would not lie to you when they had nothing to gain from doing it. It was just, yeah. I'll talk about this right because Duke asked the question when he started talking about L.A. Noir and I'll answer it. Um, He asked, does it, does the questioning matter? And my big problem with L.A. Noir, as much as I love that game, right, is that it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Because it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then why is it 80% or, you know, 40% of the game and then gathering the clues is the other 40%? And gathering the clues is fine. I didn't have a problem with that. Even when, at one point, I was supposed to find something pretty significant and I didn't because I just didn't happen to walk by that part of the room. And then the guy clammed up and there was nothing else I could do. And so I was like, I guess I got to find another clue. And then I found it. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool because I found this other place. And blah. The, thing, <sighs> the thing is, right, like the, 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 they're fighting a battle, right? So they have this new technology, this face recognition thing, which is really yeah. cool, really advanced, right? And th- what It's they, kind what, of a gimmick. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is, Robert. So, so they find it and they go, well, we need to find a mechanic that incorporates this. Yeah. So they yeah. find one. But then... If you, if you, what what they've done, it's is not enough to really, build a game around. They're really scared, right? That people it, throughout the whole of the Noir, they're really scared that people are going to get bored. They're yeah. so scared of it, right? So yeah. what they do is they make sure that you know what you have to do next. Right. Even though sometimes in CSI, which is a better detective game, right, <laughs> you don't know what the fuck you have to do next. Yeah. Which is the point. So you have to find out what you have to do. In LA yeah. Noir, you always know what's next because if you get all three of your questions wrong to this, so to a witness, right? Yeah. Some some fucking thing that you pick up or some you'll bump into someone outside. They'll yeah. say, "Hey, he's good in bowling alley," and they, <laughs> right. you yeah. know, and it's like, no you, like the team Bondi are shitting themselves that people are going to get bored, and it's like, no, investigating is fun. People yeah. want to investigate, like. Give let like let go of their hand, and they don't. They're so scared of people not not getting it. Oh, you see, weird thing about the murder victim hated Jews, didn't he? Where's that coming from? The guy's like, it's not a crime to be Jewish. I'm supposed to doubt him. Why? What are you talking about? Where did this anti-Semitism thread come from? You see, I I just wish they'd have done away with the scoring thing altogether. You know, the scoring thing at the end of each sort of case. 
Well, I'm just convinced that – I've just accepted the fact that all my scoring things are going to be, you were shit, you did horrible, two out of 50 questions correct. And then at the bottom it says, congratulations, you got a promotion for this. <laughs> but then there was – you see, there was one. The one that really pissed me off, right? Because I – so I got to – I don't know whether you've got as far as this, but there's a case. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Spoiler. It's not – it is. It's, it is, but it's not massively a spoiler. It doesn't well, matter. Anyway, we don't the, take it, any chances. It doesn't matter in the, in the scheme. It doesn't of matter. Don't take any chances. Go ahead. People matter. have been warned. Go ahead. But early on in the game, you do a, you do a case which involves a, a child molester. Yes. Okay, who hangs around outside the school. Oh, wait. No, I haven't gotten to that. And a husband, right? right. And I, you have to question them both at the same time. And then uh-huh. you have to decide who's guilty out of the two of them. Right. Right. Uh, and and the one that right as much as a child molester was sort of you know in the, in the vicinity, but as far as I was concerned, playing the game, the husband had, there was more evidence to support that he'd done it than the child molester dude. Yeah, right? you know the, what the evidence for that about. is: ninety percent of child molesters are male. There's your right. evidence. Okay, but before you go in doing the questioning, right, the the chief comes up to you and says. Make sure you pick the child molester. You know, he gives a like, you know, pick the right one sort of thing. Like regardless, my very first interrogation is, I need a confession, and I screwed yeah. up like ten times. And every time I come out, he's like, "Get back in there, get yeah. me a confession." <laughs> so that, so anyway, anyway, really suck at this. Well, Don't you have someone else you could send in there? But, right, I'll let me get it to the point. Like, Why doesn't he just walk in? <laughs> so, so I questioned them both, right? And in the end, I decided it was the it was the husband, and not you know, as far as I was concerned, the child molester was a bit of a red herring that he chucked in there to you know, and the guy. Anyway, so I picked the husband, right? And then the chief just shouted at me, and I got a one-star rating, right? Because I didn't pick the, the child molester, right? Even though I didn't think, and, you know, in the game, the evidence didn't support that he'd done it, right? Yeah. So I, so I replayed the case, picked the child molester that time, and got a five-star rating. See, and that's See, the that's thing. Wrong, is that... It's wrong, because well, the... there was no reason for it. Right, that's the thing. Because... I mean, even in some cases, I got every piece of evidence, and I still wasn't really clear on why I was supposed to get, you know, trust this person or doubt him or prove a lie on this thing. And, you know, sometimes there's like three pieces of evidence that come together to prove a lie. You know, you found the one thing at this crime scene, another thing in the dude's apartment, and then, you know, something else in another place. And those three things together let you say, ah, I know that this thing that he's saying is not true. But when you say lie, you have to choose one piece of evidence. And I'm like, well, which one do I choose? I mean, what the heck, man? That's the point that I want to make is when people are making puzzle games, and this is, I think, true with Braid too. I think it's really hard for the person who's made the game to determine how easy or hard or fair or how how open they've left the door to the people who are going to play it and try to solve the puzzles. And, and that's the thing that bugs me about the arrogance of some designers and developers is that they seem to have this attitude of like, oh, it's easy to solve this thing. And it, goes, it drives me crazy when I talk about a game or a problem that I've had and someone else is like, oh, that's easy to do. You, didn't, you weren't able to do that? I'm like, dude, maybe it was easy for you, but that doesn't mean it's easy for me. Now, I'll admit there's some ego involved here because I hate anytime anything makes me feel stupid and this game makes me feel really stupid. Uh, it drives me crazy because I like to think of myself as a very smart, erudite individual. And blah, blah, blah. But the thing is this, too. There's so much about these games that is dependent upon the psychology and the, the game mechanic world that they have created 
that you have to understand before you can even have any success with the game. So I think the first couple of missions, in my opinion, should have been really clear-cut, really obvious things that make it clear when you say that you believe somebody, when you say they're lying, and when you doubt them. But instead, it felt like they threw you right in, and they were like, good luck dealing with this stuff. And I'm like floundering around going, I don't know which when to doubt and when to say lie, and I don't know, I find evidence or not. And I don't know, I felt like that was frustrating. Do you know so what, whatever. Do, do you know what my biggest issue, I guess, with the game was? Because it, in a way, it is like an updated point-and-click adventure game where you actually move around in the space and yeah. do all the stuff. But... There isn't enough variation in the stuff that you do because with a traditional, and obviously I felt that this week we're playing two really great ones. Is uh, there's all that sort of using different things within the where you are and sort of combining things together and all that. And there isn't any of those puzzle elements, unfortunately, because there really is just this one thing of finding evidence and then presenting it and doing the questioning, and it's just that over and over again. Which is all right. I mean, you know, to be honest, I feel like the stories are sort of interesting enough. Not really, but they're kind of keeping me going. And I'll be honest, when I finished, I finished one of them, I don't remember which one it was, but I finished one of them pretty well. Like I did pretty well on it, and I felt proud of myself. Oh, it was the hit and run. Um, Oh, yeah, that's felt so. I was like, I did it, and I figured out pretty much everything. I, f- I missed one thing, which I felt like an idiot for, but whatever. Um, and I was like, so I was like, yeah, I did it, and I think I'm getting the hang of this. And I was, it had that effect of, I want to do the next one now. I'm ready to keep going. I want to keep going with this. But then I did the next one, and it was like, oh, there's so many things I missed. And and you know, when you get a question wrong, it's like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And you're like, oh shit, now what? So I don't know that, that whatever. Um, I'm gonna keep going with it, obviously. But there are some. I had like four glitches already, which was really surprising because I mean, Rockstar has some glitches from time to time, but well, this felt Red like Dead it was Redemption kind of, was full of glitches. You know what? I had less. I had much fewer glitches there than I did here, which is strange because I've heard a lot about yeah all the Red Dead glitches. But um, at one point, I was chasing this guy and he jumped over some really high wall. And I was like, that's weird. And I tried to jump over it, and I couldn't. And then suddenly he was back on my side of the wall, and he was shooting at me. I'm like, wow, wait, stop. What are you doing? Where did you go? Where did you come from? When did you get a portal gun? Then there was another guy. I ran up right next to him, and the cutscene didn't trigger. And I was trying to chase him. So it was like, come back here, and like chasing after him for like three minutes. You know how those chase scenes are. And it's like, you're not going to get away from me. And then he's standing there, and I'm running right next to him, and I'm like jumping up and down like, hey, I'm here. What? Isn't there supposed to be a cutscene? And then finally it triggered, and I was like, that was weird. Uh, the climbing mechanics are solid. I'll say that for it, which is good, because given that a lot of the game is shimmying up uh, drainage pipes and climbing up ladders, uh, those things do work well. I was worried that when I got to the top of the ladder, I'd have a hard time figuring out which way he went, but it actually sort of points you in the right direction a lot, so I thought that was good. Here's, here's two things that I complained about um, on paper, and then I'm done. Those missions, and this was true, uh, it is true in a lot of games that have trailing missions where you're in a car and you're supposed to trail another car. Uh, Streets of L.A., uh, True Crime, Streets of L.A., did y'all play that? Uh, that had a number of nah. these back in the day. They're annoying to begin with because it's hard to tell like how close is too close and how far away is too yeah. far away. But the thing that bugs me is they're kind of unrealistic because yeah. you have yeah. to at all times keep a certain distance. <laughs> so when they're stopped at a stoplight, you've got to think they're in the car going, why is that dude stopped 20 feet behind me? Yeah. <laughs> He's not turning. Yeah. He's just sitting in the middle of the road. Yeah. That's a little curious. Um, and the other thing that bugs me is when you're chasing somebody, it's basically a cutscene. It's kind of a parkour cutscene because yeah. if it were really a good chase scene, then if you got close enough somehow, you could, I mean, and you can tackle them apparently, but from what I've been able to tell, you can't get close enough. Like at no point have I ever been able to get close well, enough to somebody to the, tackle the, them. 
the times when you do when you can get close enough, the game lets you get close enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, right, like, right, right. And then it cuts and it engages the cuts. Yeah, when when they when when you tackle someone, right? Yeah. And it, it, it always comes up with, "Hey, keep pressing A to run quicker to tackle." Right, right. And you're like, well, this is where the game wants me to tackle them. Now. Yeah. So, See, and I haven't gotten that, but I guess I will. But here's the thing will. that really bugged me about the chases. At, at least twice already, I've been chasing a dude, and he's up on a ladder, and I'm gaining on him. And and I'm close to him. I'm like, kicks I should be able to grab And then he kicks me. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell? If he's close enough to kick me, why can't I grab his foot? <laughs> well, I'm glad to see you're enjoying the game anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, there's things about it that I'm really enjoying. Like, you know, I think the writing is decent, as Rockstar games tend to be. And, and I think that it's um, engaging in many ways. But there are some... I, I, can't, I, think what, I can't... I don't... It's probably the least favorite Rockstar game I've ever played. Can I, can I just make... It isn't a Rockstar game. They just published it. It was made by... No, 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 no. Wrong, it is, wrong. They've got some influence on it, but it is not a Rockstar game. Help, it's not. If you look at the... They sourced out a lot of the work. I know they did. But it's still team bored with this that, argument. But the point is... I'm not really all that crazy. It's not a true Rockstar game, in my opinion. Um, okay. At this point, it is it is time for the indie game. Yes. Um, so, let's see what the Vlados... Not adjust that. That actually. I know. I remember that well. <laughs> Amazing. That, well, that dude's got lungs of. I don't know. Steel. Well, let's hope I mean, she's calmed those down. Be very good lungs if they were lungs of steel. What up, heads? Vlados here with a much shorter review this week. I know last week's review was really, 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 really long. But don't worry. This week I'll keep it really, 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 really short. This week we're reviewing, Goals, a top-down football game. The game's creators, a company called, The Game Creators, apparently does not have a website. So I can't tell you anything about them. Maybe if they had some distinctive word in the name of their game or the name of their company, a Google search would come up with something unique. Gameplay here is pretty simple. It's all top-down and the graphics are decent but unremarkable. Gameplay is alright, but it's very quick and not very sophisticated. I suppose if you want a quick football fix, and don't feel like loading up FIFA, this could scratch your itch. You know if you want Britain to be about British. I want Britain to be about British. Vlados out. Muslimic ray guns. There you go. Crikey. There you go. Um, can I just ask you before we go on, did you play kickoff or sensible soccer back in the 90s? No and no. Ah, do you see, this is, do you see, this is a difference here because for me, this is just like a trip down memory lane. Ah. Ah. Memory not found, 504. Ah, there you go. You see, that's a problem. Um, yeah, it's a pretty faithful sort of reproduction of kickoff, really. That's what it is. You I know, see. it's a total copy. You know, it's an exact replica. Uh, and I love it. 
I absolutely loved it. it. It just brought back so many great memories, and it's it's just great. And I love the banana shots into the goal, and oh, I love it. Absolutely love the game. I thought it controlled pretty well. I don't really, I don't think kickoff stuck to your foot quite as much, if I'm being honest. Uh, back in the day, I think you had to sort of get your play behind the ball and sort of you know tap it upfield as you went along. But it, from a look and aesthetically, it looks, and what's really quite cool when you because I actually bought it. It's the first indie game I bought for a while. Um, and when you when you buy it, you can edit all the teams, colours, names, so you can put all your own team in. If you you know if you supported a team, for instance, uh, you can sort of the A team. Indeed, A team. I ain't getting on a plane. I ain't getting on a plane. Here, drink this. Okay, but I ain't getting on the. Why do you always give me a beverage before we go? How did he never wise up to that? Two hours later. Yeah. Where am I? What? I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. Here, drink this. Okay, but I'm gonna go. Anyway, uh, what we're talking about. Yeah. By the way, that that, that brings back memories because that was our first theme tune a yeah, long right, time ago. Oh fun. yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Anyway. Um. So yeah. So what did you think then, Duke? What did you think? Because I love. Uh, I thought it was alright. I mean, right. it was. It's kind of unimpressive in that I don't. It's hard to compare an indie sports game with a pro sports game because the pro sports games are just what I think of when I think of a football game. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, FIFA, you know, winning 11 or whatever it is. Uh, and so a game like this, it was good for a laugh once in a while, but I felt like I could just do the same thing over and over again, and I would keep scoring. And then, and then banana and, shots, man. What? The banana shots. Okay. Curving it in, because you, you obviously get an aftertouch, so when you shoot, you can curve it in. I didn't even have to do any of that. I was just doing diagonal shots, and it was working. Yeah. So, I don't know. The thing is I mean, missing. Whatever, it's okay, but uh, I just, I don't know. If you're not online. Like what like I said, if if you wanted to play a quick game of football but didn't want to bother with FIFA, it might be something kind of fun. If it had online, it'd be perfect. Because uh, it doesn't have any online on, online sort of, you know, competitive stuff. It has co-op, it has local, so you can play against each other locally with two controllers. Which is fine, because that's how we used to do it back in the day, you know. We used to get all the mates around and play kick-off, and... You know, we used to have big kickoff tournaments and stuff going on in the bedroom, which was always very cool and funny. Um, but in this day and age, you know, and I know it's difficult for those indie developers, but they've got to find out how to do that because just even just two players online would be fantastic and you could have a right good grin. But unfortunately, it's a no. But for anyone out there, unlike Duke, who remembers kickoff and sensible soccer back from the early 90s, they will pretty much like this game, I would have thought. So there you go. There you, there go. you go. There you go. Okay. Time to move on, I guess. Uh, I, did, I didn't play it because just again. Yeah, well, we know. That's why we're moving on. Yeah, you the couldn't be bothered. Well. Couldn't be bothered. Busy. Rubbish. Um, yes, yeah, moving on. First things first. First things first. I uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, Notch. You know, the guy who made Minecraft? Oh, well. Because he's his little sort of case with Bethesda and scrolls. Scrolls! Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of heating up a little bit. Oh, is it really? It's eating up a little bit because he's actually he, he he said this on Twitter. So this is what he said. He said, right. uh, he said, list the only negative thing going on at the moment is the Scrolls trademark lawsuit nonsense, and I think I've come up with the perfect solution. Uh, remember that scene in Game of Thrones where uh, Tyrion cl- uh, chose a trial by battle in the Aerie? Well, let's do that instead. I challenge Bethesda to a game of Quake Three. 
Oh, snap. Yeah, three of our best warriors against three of your best warriors. We select one <laughs> level, you select the other, we randomize the other. 20-minute matches, uh, highest total frag count per team across both levels wins. If we win, you drop the lawsuit. If you win, we will change the name of Scrolls to something you will be fine with. Regardless of the outcome, uh, we could still have a small text somewhere saying our game is not related to your game series in any way, if you so wish. I am serious, by the way. So he posted this four days ago yeah. uh, to Bethesda. Uh, and guess what happened? What? Guess what happened? Guess what Guess what Bethesda did? What? Nothing. <laughs> didn't reply, didn't acknowledge nope. it. Nothing, man. Oh, jeez. Oh. Scared? Yeah, I think they're scared, if I'm being honest. Pathetic, I think man. they're scared. Step up, y'all. Why are you scared? Yeah. I just don't think they've got the balls, man. That no would be cool if that happened, though. That would be. Funny. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Like, but now, interestingly, since then, he said uh, he's quite happy he didn't take it up because he's uh, found out since uh, that Bethesda has two or three like professional Quake players in their development team. Well, you know, he's got to be careful about what he pitches. Yeah, yep. So he says he thinks they might have got owned anyway. <laughs> so, so he's, he's sort of quite glad that they didn't. Smuggler, they didn't vote. I've, I've still got to say, it's just the most ridiculous thing ever, isn't it? It's pretty silly. Yeah, it's lawyers pretty... run amok, man. Yeah, because like like somebody else said, uh, you know, Bethesda are publishing Rage, uh, yeah. and obviously we had Streets of Rage. So is that not the same infringement there? Go figure. Uh, go figure. Go figure. So who knows? So it's it's just silly, and I I just think Bethesda need to just get a grip really, and just sort of put a line under it. Yeah, really. Come on. Get a grip. It's just ridiculous. Grip. Yeah. Um, next thing up, next thing up um, is is Guillermo, whatever his name is, Del Toro. You know? Guillermo Del Toro. Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah, that's it. Some bizarre, exotic, a- ancient Incan language. Yeah. It's Guillermo. Um, he's been talking a bit about Insane. Have you, have you heard about this? I think insane. we've talked about it. I heard him talking about it at the development stage, but I've not seen anything. Anyway, go ahead. Well, he says he's given some sort of, you know, clue as to how long it's going to take, um, you know, which is a long time from what we can gather. Uh, and what what else we found out, which is quite interesting, is it's going to be a sandbox game. Mm. So it isn't going to be a sort of straight sort of, you know, linear type game, which is what I thought it was going to be. It's yeah. actually going to be more sort of sandboxy. So, I mean, what do you think of that? That's pretty interesting. You know, and I it's like by, sandbox games. It's by Volition, who obviously makes Saints Row and uh, and whatnot. So I don't know. I don't they know how to make a good sandbox game. Well, they do. They do. Yeah. Uh, but they've been working on the monsters. That's what they've been doing recently. Monster, monster. Like creating all the monsters in the game, what they're going to look like, and if if obviously Gumero, whatever the hell his name is, Gee uh, Gee. Can you say uh, Gee? I'll just accept it. Whatever. Gee. Yeah, him. You can say um, Gee. I can definitely say gi. Air. You know, yeah. air, like the yeah. stuff you breathe. Yeah, gi air, 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 air mo. Gi air mo. Yeah, that's there it. There you go. Gi air mo. Anyway, he, he, he is learning a lot. So what, can I ask you, what do you think about sort of directors of film making games? Do you think they should Why not? Go for yeah. it. They can't. I mean, they're, they're like, bringing a set of skills that are desperately needed into gaming. They could tell a story. So Yeah, exactly. But do you not think because it's a completely different medium? No. Think they're the right no, that's a good different. thing. That's a good thing because it means that they haven't spent 10 years learning lockstep a set of assumptions that every game developer has. 
I mean, I'm, my personal thought is, or one of the main things I think is great about it, is that these guys, you know, like a director, will concentrate on story first, you have to, you know, would have to assume, yeah. and then sort of mechanics and game second. Yeah. Um, and the guy knows how to tell a story, both in terms of interesting ideas and special effects. I mean, he knows what he's doing in terms of making sure things look cool. And I felt like uh, Pan's Labyrinth was a little gloomy dark but i mean whatever it fits the mood of the story i suppose so whatever yeah but then to be fair yeah i was gonna say that was a pretty dark story wasn't it yeah yeah you know and these guys i mean volition they need a bit of a hit after you know red faction armageddon don't they They need something to be good and obviously we've got saints row coming i'm guessing that's gonna gonna fucking be yeah Yeah, i don't think there's any any issue with that but uh we'll wait and see actually did they do oh yeah they did do armageddon didn't they um but I, I don't know. I think Insane is, is going to be pretty good, I'm hoping. It'll be I'm Insane, hoping. do you think? I think it may be. And I, I'm hoping, you know, because it, it's a while since, you know, we've had a really, really good sort of horror game, I think. You know, I know we've had Dead Space 2 this year, you know, so that's one book. Uh, amnesia. Yeah, but then I can't play that stupid game because it's a PC <laughs> thing, isn't it? Well, but it's really, really good, though. I'm sure it is, see, but you've not blooming finished it, have you? You're too scared. <laughs> well, the first fourth of it is really, really good. Yeah, you soft ass, honestly. <laughs> well, that that part of it that I was actually able to look at when I wasn't hiding my eyes, like, I bet it was great. So there you go. I don't know, you bloody big, bloody yellow belly. I don't know, too yeah, soft. Bloody, but yeah, I bloody. think... Whatever, I, you haven't played it at all. Who are you <laughs> calling names? Um, just rubbish. So I think I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm quite looking forward to this. I think we need a good horror game. I like horror games. Pussy boy. I like horror games. Yeah, I pussy like boy. Them. I like that. Yeah. Um. So on. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of some sort of in betweeners quotes now that I can use, but I can't think of any. Um. Anyway, soft lad. <laughs> soft lad. Uh, what other people think about me based on which video games I do indeed. and indeed. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> As you as you know, um, well, he had last week. <laughs> last week, reported on the protesters who wanted Half Life Three. You know, they yeah. camped up outside. You know, the well, offices of protesters. Uh, yeah, two dudes <laughs> who are very well. Yeah, high. yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, guys outside of What did you think Gabe Newell did then? You know, he had these two guys camped outside of his development studios. He just snapped his fingers, and they were yeah. dead the next day. Just... A mysterious. <laughs> Go for accident. Like, they have like already have like people paid to to do cover stories in the papers. <laughs> exactly. and they've done yeah. the payoff for their family. Like. Well, that's what you thought would happen, but that's not what happened. Did they invite them in? Well, and that's not what the stuff? media is telling us. Well, no. Apparently, apparently they they obviously wanted to know when episode three was coming out, and Gabe uh, told them in his usual way. When, I said I can't. It? I said I can't tell you, and they were like, okay. And then he said, uh, I got nothing for you. So that, and then for the end of that, uh, but then he said he asked them how many sodas they had, uh, and they only had two. So he sent them some sodas and some pizza. <laughs> so really? so uh, got them pizza and sodas to eat while they were sat there. Uh, uh, and then following, well, I that, want free pizza and soda. Valve headquarters. And then following that, he he actually invited them into Valve's offices and uh, took them Damn. round, took them round to to sort of have a tour and and let them play Dota two. So he got them played in. Dude, what the hell? That's not fair. And then he said, "We just need." To I was patiently test. waiting for it in my home. I don't get this stuff. There you go. Uh, Newell also Bit. said, "This this is the, the the best way. I love this." He said, "We were worried. Uh, the cops showed up after someone else in the building called the police. Uh, he rode up on his Segway. Uh, 
<laughs> I love this. Segway. But it turns out the cop was a big Half-Life fan, so he completely understood where they were coming from, and he didn't even bother chasing them off. <laughs> so that's oh, what yeah. happened. Uh, but they stayed there for two days, bless them. So I love that. I love that story. I just think Gabe Newell is awesome. I love him doing that. You know, I think he's great. And he's a clever dude. And don't get me wrong, I know he's going to get loads of cool publicity from me. But who cares? I mean, the fact he did it at all is just great because you wouldn't have got that from anyone else, would you? You know what I mean? Gabe Newell is a clever dude. He is. I love him. I love the guy. And uh, you know what? He'll bring it when it's ready. It'll come when it's ready. Um. Okay. When they artificially manufacture a release date in order to maximize market share based on the alignment of the planets. There you go. There you go. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Well, um, yes, I think we need to explain. We're having a few technical difficulties, Chini, aren't we? Yep. Yep. Uh, Because apparently... um, like nothing's it's like nothing's happened for the listeners because it's like carried straight on uh, but for us we've just been sat here for 15 minutes waiting for Duke because he just suddenly disappeared off the call mm-hmm. uh, and apparently we've had a tweet he's actually gone to a local restaurant to get an internet connection I believe and we've had a tweet off him saying that his phone line's gone down completely so he has no internet at the moment so that's sort of Duke has gone he's gone hasn't he gone disappeared gone it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Oh, well. So, uh, Chinny and I are just going to have to carry on with just yep. the two of us. Just yep. the two of us. And be very sound effect less. Yes, no sound effects. So, you'll be pleased. No, look. Oh, some people yeah. will, anyway. Some people will be pleased. No sound will, effects. Yeah. But, yeah, so he's not here. So, we're going to just carry on. And if he appears online or gets, you know, he's up with his phone line back up and running, then we'll just get him back in at that point. But at the moment, he ain't here. So, there you nope. go. He gone. He gone. Um, so anyway, so moving on. Uh, next thing I just want to have a quick discussion about uh, is the ongoing battle between EA and Activision. You know, over all of you know who's going to win. Is it going to be Battlefield Three? Is it going to be Modern Warfare Three? And you know, there's been a lot of trash talk, hasn't there? You know, between the two companies. He's going down, son. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of that. Um, now, more recently, more recently. Uh, Activision's publishing boss, Eric Hirschberg, uh, gave a speech at Gamescom this week. And he's called for an end to all the trash talking. Uh, He said this, in his mind, competition is good. You know, he said this. uh, But this type of rhetoric, referring to A's John Riccatello, talking about his wish to see Call of Duty rot from the core, uh, is bad for our industry, he stated. It's one thing to want your game to be successful. It's another to actively want the games of others to fail. Yeah, I think I think he's right. I think he's right. But like, it sounds like when you when he does that, is he trying to do that to look like the better party? And even though he's right, it's it's one of them. It's like it's he's putting a spin on it. It's like a spin doctor told him, "Oh, you should do this, so everybody likes you, and also people will like your game more and all this." So I, I, I it is the right thing to do. But at the same time, this might be a little bit of good PR for them. Have you have you actually read the the talk that uh, John? I've never read tell- anything in my life ever. You see, in some ways, it's been it's been taken a bit out of context. The way he said it is not how John Riccatello said it. Oh, okay. So basically, what what John Riccatello said, the gist of his kind. I'm just trying to bring it up now, but the gist of his conversation was. Um, that basically he 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 said that he has no doubt. I mean, when he was doing his talk about it, he said he had no doubt that Modern Warfare Three was going to be a good game. He, he actually said that. Right. Um, but what he did say was that he, he he was actually talking about the core 
gamers that that a Call of Duty game attracts. So he was actually talking more about the actual people who play the game as opposed to the game itself, if you know what I mean. So he was saying that the type of gamers should uh, are rotten in the core is the way I read it. You know, the type of people who play that game is, is more what he was referring to. Now, I don't know whether that makes it any better or any worse. I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I don't know all the, the whole story now, so... Just a minute, let me try and bring it up and then... Um, we can not read out the whole. Thing, no, no, no. I'll Stu. just read out the, that, how that, what context. Oh, that, come on. Just, just to, just to sort of, um, just to, just to put it into context because I, I just feel that this has been taken a bit out of context. Uh, just a minute, just a minute. <laughs> a minute. Uh, no, don't, don't, don't. I'm honestly, read things word for word. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. Honestly, I'm not. I just want to sort of give you the gist of how he sort of. I'm said just giving it. you shit. Come on. So basically, here we go. Yeah, he said he actually said rotting from the core is the way he actually said it. He didn't say rotten to the core. He said rotting from the core. You know, that's what he sort of said. So it wasn't really sort of. Uh, he was he was saying that he would like to see the core in context from the original issue. Uh, so do I think though uh, that we've got the better game, the better tag? If if you think about the, your readership, it's got a concentration of people that might tell the difference between a good game and a bad game. Uh, we're going to do really well there. A lot of people bought Modern Warfare more for the coffee table and didn't play it for two months. Uh, there's sort of that mass audience they are going to win there. The question is, so if the gamer buys our game and the mass audience buys their game, where do the two meet? And all I want to do, if you will, is to have them rot from the core. So that's what that's how he actually said it in his, his sort of so he didn't actually said he wanted the game to rot from the core, he just said it they're, they're aimed at two different audiences. It still sounds like spin doctoring to me. It sounds like an opportunity to sound like the Bellaman and they, they picked up something, twisted some words yeah. and tried to try to it's it, it's still PR. No matter how how they're trying to disguise it, it still smells like PR to me. And I don't really listen to it. I'm I'm just kind of like bleh. And I don't think the majority of people who buy Collegy even know who who or what was said and care. They'll just see it in the shop. It makes no difference in the bigger picture. So uh, would you would you agree that that Battlefield Three is for gamers and and Call of Duty is for I the would say both of them are for gamers. Both of them are for gamers. Like the people who play Call of Duty, all those like the, the majority, all those like Britain to be British FIFA guys are still gamers. They're still like you know. Uh, like followers of the industry, maybe more people will, are, are excited for Battlefield, but I think most people will buy both of them who are follow who follow the industry, um, and more people who are just kind of like buy one or two games a year will buy Call of Duty. So I still think Call of Duty will sell, but people who are a little bit more invested in the uh, industry will buy both of them. But I know a lot of Call of Duty players. That love Call of Duty, and also, guess what, Stu? Love Battlefield. You know why? Because they're both great. Yeah, so, and I, I was going to say, though, I, I think the only thing I would say is if you ask an average Joe, you know, who... who I mean, it's like... It's a good example. It was when I was in The Takeaway a couple of years ago uh, when Modern Warfare 2 came out, and some guy who didn't even have a 360 was telling his mate he was thinking of getting one because of that Modern Warfare 2 game I've heard about. So he wasn't even a gamer, you know, he just heard about this game and was like, oh, I might get one of those now then because I've heard about it. And and I do think there is a certain element of the audience who buys Call of Duty because of, you know, they've heard about it and he's marketed well and you know what yeah. it is. 
Yeah, but 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 Battlefield Three is everywhere. Oh yeah, everywhere. It's yeah, been yeah. advertised about two months ago. So you know, like people know what it is. People they do. It. But I think I think the less hardcore gamers probably don't know as much about that as they would about a Call of Duty game, though. Well, you used the word hardcore there, and we don't even know what that means. Well, so, core like, gamers, core gamers. Yeah, that, people that, like that, us. People you can take like the hard us. off the hardcore. We still don't know what it means, Stu. No. Right. The, there's, there's people who play buy one or two games a year, and they play those two games, and those two games are FIFA and Call of Duty, and they play those, and they, they love them, and they play the shit out of them. And they're just as much of a gamer as anybody else. But... They don't follow the industry. They don't pay attention to who makes the game, uh, you know. And then you get other people who buy like everything. Then you get people who boycott things and all this. So I, I think that Call of Duty will sell better, regardless of all this PR bullshit that they're giving out. And also, Battlefield will still do well. I think Battlefield is, is mainstream enough to do well. It sells a lot every year that, that it's released. So it's going to define. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're uh, right. I, th- I think both games are going to do well, but Call of Duty just has that mass audience that Battlefield doesn't. That what Battlefield are begging to have, and EA tried to grab it with Medal of Honor. They d- it didn't work, so they need to grab it with a good game like Battlefield, and it, it, it'll work, but not to the degree they want it to. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you, but I mean, interestingly, um, after after he said this, well, he was calling for a truce, so he's saying, look, let's let's stop all the bullshit. And just accept that we both got decent games coming out, and you know they're both going to do kind of well. So that's what he was trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he was he was trying to say that out of something that was taken out of context. Yeah, so it was. I'm sure he was you're just right. as bad as him, really. Like, yeah, uh, uh, it, it just it either just, that or he'd been misinformed, which is probably it's, more it's, the case. It, it, well, it, 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 come on, he he would read, he can read, he knows yeah. what he said. Like yeah. he's not an idiot. Like, I don't know. I, I just think none of it is really great for the industry. Like this whole pissing contest. But it's what PR companies do. That's what they're there for. Like, that's yeah, the no, I agree. Nature of the beast. Now, interestingly, EA's uh, vice president of communications. So this is a you know, a, you know, one of these spin doctor type guys, Jeff Brown, uh, said in in response, "Welcome to the big leagues, Eric." So that's what he said. He said, "I know you're new in the job, but someone should have told you that this is a competitive industry." Uh, Hirschberg was hired by the CEO of Activision Publishing last July after Mike Griffith uh, re- uh, resigned from the position. And he spent the previous 13 years at the uh, advertising agency where he helped to create Kevin Butler for Sony. So he was involved in Kevin Butler. Uh, And he went on to say... Which is another PR. Indefinitely, yeah. Uh, You've got every reason to be nervous, Brown continued. Last year, Activision had a 90 share in the shooter category. This year, Battlefield 3 is going to take it down to 60 or 70. At that rate, you'll probably true. Yeah. Uh, at that rate, you'll be out of the category in two to three years. If you don't believe me, go to the store and try and buy a copy of Guitar Hero or Tony Hawk. So he was saying because yeah, those well, two have failed eventually. The, this it, is going to be the same. This is the thing. Look, I think I think Activision are treating Call of Duty very carefully. They've learnt from Guitar Hero and other such things like that. And I, I, I think they're treating it with a lot of care. I don't think they're going mad. One every year is a little bit excessive, but they're not releasing four or five a year like they did with Guitar Hero. And I think they've they've learnt from their mistakes. Now, I'm not saying that EA could overtake them because about ten years ago, Pro Evolution Soccer was was like the better game uh, when we come to the football games. Right? People always talked about Pro Evolution. They loved Pro Evolution. Now, uh, it's FIFA, right? And and EA have absolutely shit all over them. Um, but I suppose you know, in this case, 
Call of Duty has the advantage that they're a publisher. He's one of the, he's also he's like one of the biggest publishers in the industry because it's linked with Blizzard. So they have a lot of money. Um, but because in Pro Evolution's case, it was published by Konami, who didn't have a lot of money, and EA could pump in a lot of money with FIFA. So it is kind of two equals uh, going at each other. EA uh, and Activision are they both have a lot of money. So it's interesting. There's no there's there's no, there is a chance that like Battlefield could overtake Call of Duty in about two, three years' time. Um, but, you know, like, uh, competition's healthy, you know, maybe Call of Duty will, will change a little bit next year because of it, and you never know. It's, it, it, it could be healthy in the long run. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's see. I mean, we have to wait and see, I guess. But, I mean, let's not underestimate Call of Duty. It's, it's just recently reached 25 million sold. Twenty-five million, which is three million more than Modern Warfare Two. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, if you go on Wikipedia, the best-selling uh, game for the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty is Call of Duty Black Ops. You see, the the, the way I see it is this: um, is like, you know, Call of Duty is like your popcorn movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's Transformers. Yeah, it's it's like gonna it's, it's gonna sell a load. It's like your summer blockbuster or autumn blockbuster, I guess, in this case. Uh, whereas, I guess, Battlefield is a more serious sort of, you know, story-driven, I guess. I don't know whether it is. I don't know whether that's sort of the same. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, like Battlefields have, have never really been known for their stories. Their single-player campaigns haven't been that great. Battlefield Back Company 1 was decent, but not brilliant. So I'm a little bit worried about the campaign of Battlefield 3. Um, but the, I, I'm pretty sure that the multiplayer is going to be... Solid. It's going to be a good, yeah, good, good romp. So we'll see. We'll see anyway. But I've I've had enough. Quite honestly, I think you just need to get a grip and grow up a bit. I don't, I don't, I'm not hard enough. It's just like I don't really pay attention to it, so I don't care. I just like I'll just wait for both. I'm more excited about Gears of War three, to be honest. Yeah. Than either one of those. So to be fair as well, they've been pretty quiet, haven't they? On the sort of marketing no, front, they're, 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 they're boiling away. They're, they're, they're releasing they are, games. but they're not going mental, are they? Like we usually expect off, you know, Cliffy. They're, they're, it will. Like I mean, it, we're getting into September now, and it will. Like it will get big. Like you, I, I went into a game today, and like you saw, like you know, like a massive Marcus Venus cardboard cutout, like Gears of War three. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a pretty decent release for Gears of War. Oh, I don't doubt. I don't Microsoft doubt. Microsoft have got have to push it. They will push it because you know Microsoft. Xbox doesn't have a lot of great exclusives. And Gears of War 3 has, has been so... Well, Gears of War has been so... Um, such a big thing for, for the Xbox. So I, I really think that they, they're going to push it, Microsoft. They're gonna well, I think it's out. weird. I keep forgetting about it. They're going to... They, they the last two... The next... Sorry, the last two weeks before a game's released, that, that's when the marketing really like goes crazy. And I, I, I really think that Microsoft are going to just push it. It's going to be on buses and everything. Yeah, I'm right. sure you're right, but I just keep forgetting it's coming out, you know, because I think because I'm looking more forward to games like Uncharted 3 and, uh, you know, and obviously Skyrim, I keep forgetting about, about Gears of War 3 being there. I don't know, it's weird. I keep forgetting about it. It's there. And what is that? Um, yeah, next up, um, there were, at Gamescom, there was a new game announced that hasn't got a publisher yet, uh, but looks kind of bloody cool. Kind of cool, called Adrift. Have you heard about this? Say this again. Adrift, it's called. Adrift. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. And it no. looks really great. Um, and it's a, a bunch of former Ubisoft developers 
and award-winning sci-fi writers are, are actually developing this game. And apparently it's been in development for years despite the lack of a publisher. So they've still got to get a publisher sorted out. Uh, but it's set in Paris in, in 2084. All right. Uh, and it's it's a proper steampunk Paris, you know, with sort of very looks like Blade Runner-ish. You know, lots of neon signs going on everywhere and the Eiffel Tower all sort of plated up and stuff. It looks re- The setting looks so cool. So what's, what's the name of this game again? Adrift. 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 Here I go. Just a minute. I will send you a link and then you can have a look at it. But it looks very cool. But have a look at that. There you go. Have a look at that. Um, the, yeah, go on. Yeah, but basically it just looks great, and and basically it's set. Is it, see if this sounds like anything familiar to you. Uh, so apparently the cornerstone of the game story is the fact that human memories are now able to be separated and stored, uh, complete with their accompanying sights, sounds, and smells. Sound familiar at all to a film at all? Assassin's Creed. No, no. These memories can then be traded on the open market. Uh, the game exploring the consequences of what happens when people glibly trade their private memories of others and the potential for exploitation that can arise as a result. Did you ever see a film called Strange Days? No. By Catherine Bigelow? No, I didn't uh, watch that. Well, basically, that is pretty much what that film was about. It was set in a future where you could actually sell people's memories to other people. Right. So, for instance, as an example in the film... Um, one of she, the, the the person in the film has a memory of a serial killer killing someone, yeah, and obviously sells that to some weirdo who wants to experience killing someone firsthand. Gotcha. So it's that sort of thing. Okay. You know, not necessarily very tasteful, you know, a little bit, you know, a bit scary and a bit dark, and uh, yeah, it just sounds kind of cool. Sounds kind of yeah, cool. It does, I mean, it's definitely got some atmosphere to it. I mean, like the, the video I'm watching now is just a tech demo, pretty much. It's just like a hey, it's just like, artist this, stuff. This, yeah, this game exists. Like, that's all this video does. It just says that the video exists and it's come, but it definitely looks cool. A drift art. Yeah, I like it. Well, I think it was interesting. You know, like the other week we were saying, where would we like to see a new game set that haven't been done before? Uh, and I think this is it. You know, I mean, inter- you know, with Deus Ex coming out, which is going to be a lot like this. Uh, and yeah, Prey that's... 2 Prey 2 is looking pretty bloody good Cyberpunk I think they call it yeah Cyberpunk Steampunk is sort of oh, Steampunk's like Bioshock but this is Cyberpunk ah, yeah I guess you're right Yeah, Cyberpunk is like robots and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. but it just looks cool doesn't it so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely it has a noir feel to it as well there's some kind of weird noir mm. haze over it ah, that's cool I hope it comes. I mean, we've seen many games supposedly come and then oh, never no. appear. Yeah, never appear. So let's... Like, I am alive, Stuart? Well, let's talk about this, right? Yeah. Uh, because this is very much alive by the looks of it. Um, and there's been a gameplay trailer leaked onto the interwebs. Um, I'm really disappointed, if I'm being really honest. Have you watched this? Why are you disappointed? Because, well... In the original game, the original, original trailer, it was just a dude in a shirt who'd been thrown into this really crappy situation mm-hmm. and had to, de- you know, and, and I got the impression when you played the game, you would have to start working out how to survive, you know, how to, to build up pacts with different groups of people and sort of use that to your advantage and fight over water and all that sort of stuff. And it was just it's like surviving the, the harsh realities of what happened when everything goes to shit, mm. right? Just some normal everyday bloke. And I like that. And it's like they've completely changed it to look like every other third-person generic action game. 
Well, it still could be about survival. It still could. It could be. Those. I get that. But to me, the, the character was more interesting than the concept. You know, the fact that it was just this regular dude with a shirt on. You know what I mean? Who had to suddenly just change his no, whole. The, the life. person in the cutscene was just a regular dude with a shirt on. He was just bald. And now this one's got hair. Yeah, but he looks he looks like some survival expert, doesn't he? Let's be honest, he's a big, muscly, bulky bloke, and he does not look like the guy in the original trailer. No, it doesn't, but I don't know. Just... It just looks more generic. It just suddenly looks generic when it looked really unique originally. And I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, the jury's still out for me. And, it, you know, it might still be good, but I'm not as convinced now. I feel like they've they've almost gone, oh, I'm a bit worried now. You know, if we do it like it was originally going to be done, then maybe people won't buy into it. Let's let's make it so it's a bit more mainstream looking. I, I still, like, this trailer did really, like, it just showed me that, oh, it still might come. Uh, I just, it didn't really make, disappoint me. I've just kind of lost faith in I'm Alive becoming good. Like, as soon as, like, they started to announce, oh, it could be an Xbox Live PSN game, I was like, well... I'm just gonna stop caring about this game. I'll just when it comes, I'll try it and see what I think. But I don't really. I'm not getting hyped for it or anything. It's just. Hmm. No, I think when it originally came, I was. I was like, wow, that looks really bloody cool and like unique and something totally different. And and I think there might be still elements of that in it, but I do feel like they've they've sort of rethought a lot of it and gone. You know, let's try and make it a bit... Which I, I guess in some ways I don't blame them for because ultimately, you know, they've got to sell the game to people, haven't they? You know, so I guess I can understand why they would feel that they had to make it... But this dude, he's a muscly... Looks like he's either out of the army or... Do you know what I mean? He doesn't look like a normal everyday bloke. It's not like some bloke who's been, you know, one minute working in the office pushing paper around and the next minute he's got to suddenly survive in this really hostile world. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's the impression I got from the original trailer. It still could be about that. I, I think it still could be doing stuff like that. I, I, to be honest, I think it's going to be like a, a Tomb Raider linear, maybe a little bit of puzzles here and there, third-person climbing about game. Mm. Uh, with some little survival things that they might, like some gaming mechanic that they, that you haven't seen before about survival, like you need to drink water now and again or something like that. I'm not like holding out for it. I'm just like when yeah. it comes, I'm sure it. it, it I, I like third person. I know, but games. that what you've just described just sounds like every other third person action. Well, game. I don't know what you was expecting from. Well, from, I mean, uh, if you, like what I just described. I know, yeah, but like, how would you do that? You would do it as a third person climbing a bed. Yeah, game. no, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with all that sort of stuff, but. Um, I don't know. I just thought that it would be more about this dude who had no real eye. And you, you had to learn like he had to learn in the game. You know what I mean? You had to learn what to do as well because you were in that situation with him sort of thing. Whereas now I feel like it's just going to be like you just described, really. And, you know, that might not be terribly bad, but it ain't going to be, you know, you know, breaking any new ground, I guess. So anyway, anyway, moving on. Disappointed. Um yeah, Uncharted 3, um, we had a full demo from Gamescom. Uh, Gamescom this, even. this is the thing, listeners, right? Stu sends me and Duke videos. I do. Of, of like, watch this for, this for the podcast so we can talk about it. And it pisses me off because <laughs> I want to play it. I don't want to watch it. I want The first time I experienced this, I want to play it. And I thought, I'll watch it just to prove a point that this has now spoiled one of the levels for me. 
Eight? No, that's only a little bit of a level. But I didn't want to know that like, you kind of flew out of the airplane and stuff like that. I wanted to experience that kind of cool scene myself. Like, so, I don't know. It's just, it's just when movie trailers spoil too much of a scene and they, they, tell you, they show you too much. And then you go and you're like, oh, it's not quite exactly how they put it in the trailer. I just, I, I, it just spoils it for me. I, oh, why do I you do this? I why know. do you do this? Oh, you I always guess. watch previews of games. You go, oh, yeah. the first ten minutes of Assassin's Creed Revelation. I was like, who, no, I would, never, I would never I would never the opening of a game. I would you never do, though. You post the them. Of a game. No, you've already posted them on the veteran games like, the first ten minutes of a game. And it's like the league I've never, No, I've never posted the first ten minutes. Oh, I'm going to so find yeah. things like that. You've From got... a game, but I've never posted that. I don't think I've ever posted the first ten minutes of a game. I wouldn't do that. Oh, I think you have. But you can check, but I bet you won't. I will, I will check. You won't find one. Um, it just spoils the game. Like, oh, it looks but, cool. It's but, 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 it looks like more Uncharted. Okay. Right? But... I, I'm like, I'll play that when it comes out. I'm going to buy it. So it's like, yeah, no, so- I get that. I get that. Right. But we're talking about six minutes from a 10 hour game. I know. Right? But if, it, if it was like, yeah, but like in, in a 10 hour game, there's going to be at least like five moments in in that no, 10 hour. But there'd be more than just. No, that. like in Uncharted 2, there's like about five brilliant moments. And one of the brilliant moments in Uncharted 3 will be that one that I've just already seen. So I, I'm like, oh man, like, I. I wanted to look, play that. It looks so cool. And then you spoil it for me. Oh, well, I apologise. I apologise. I'm never going to watch any other cool. video that you send me cool. to watch. It did look kind of cool, though, didn't it? It looks brilliant. It, looks <laughs> it does look brilliant, doesn't it? Um, the one thing I got from watching it is just, I, I think, again, you know, although it is more Uncharted, I think, again, the the standard of the voice acting and even even the cinematography, the way that the, the staging of every scene is just so much more like a movie every time, isn't it? It did look brilliant, didn't it? God, you got to admit, it does look bloody good. It does, but like I just, I, I'm already sold. I'm like, I will buy this game. I don't, I don't care. I'm gonna buy it. So, oh well, I apologise. I apologise. Ah, damn it, Stu. It's so, fun. any any other game that I know I'm going to play, I, and you send me a video, I won't watch it. So, did you watch? Like, the, did you watch the other one I sent then, or not? Which one? <laughs> the one for The Witcher Two. Yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, um, it was boring. It was a bit boring. There was a lot of talking. Is what I ima- imagine like watching Mass Effect, but like just talking, like no action, just talking. Lot of talk. Like, but but I and it did... was in a fantasy setting. I was like, uh, you know, I would I didn't want a cup of tea. But one thing that I'm sure you can agree on: the combat looked really cool, didn't it? The, the, when really? we did see some, <laughs> well, I, I thought it looked okay. Some. It looked like Batmanish. Yeah, but that, but isn't it nice to have something like that in a in a big RPG? Because you're so used to it being so either stats heavy or do you know what I mean? It, it looks like Assassin's Creed type um, fighting, very fluid looking. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't. I, I did look at it and kind of, kind of go, "Hey, yeah, that's that, that, that's okay." But I, I wasn't huge on it. I wasn't like, "Oh, this is gonna be the best thing ever." I just thought maybe like this. Yeah, I think it's gonna. It's, it's, it's hard to sell a fantasy game. It is. It is. But I thought the voice acting again was pretty good. I didn't think the voice acting was too terrible, actually. I thought they, they did all right, and I thought the scripting was okay, but there was a lot of talking, weren't there? Yeah, it was a pretty boring thing to show off. Yeah. They could have done with... I think you could have done with something a bit more action-heavy, you know, to sort of... Because at the end of the day, you're trying to show a game that's probably, what, 40 or 50 hours long, isn't it? You know what I mean? And it's... It, you know, if you're going to show a demo from a game, you need to pick something that's going to, you know, get people interested, aren't you? Yeah. It was just like, hey, this exists. But it looks good. It does look good. That's another one to watch out for. Not for you, I'm guessing. I might, uh, I might give it a go. I've heard great things about it. I might give it a go. I might give it a go. I'm guessing you've not been brave enough to seek Dragon Age in just yet, then. I, no, well, I've just finished Infamous, haven't I? So. Uh, so it might be going in. 
Uh, well, no, I've got these love film games. So. Okay, next thing up, uh, or final thing, I guess, before we have our, our next show break. But, um, yeah, uh, Sony finally comes clean that there can never be any cross-game chat ever with the PS3. There, there, it, really? Yeah, it cannot be done. Oh, dear. Um, and it's like, well, apparently it's because, the, the whole reason is because the way that the system works, yeah. uh, when you start up, up a game, uh-huh. it uses all of the RAM available in the, in the system to oh. run the game. So uh, yeah, you need a little bit of background RAM. There is no background RAM to do cross-game chat. So, but what pisses me off is they've obviously known from the start that there could never be cross-game chat. So they should have said it, yeah. Why the... F- Fuck, and I'm swearing now. Oh, did they not come out uh, like two years ago, three years ago, and say maybe they're, try- maybe they're trying to find a workaround now? Maybe they're trying to find oh, some maybe way to get around it, and they just went, you know what, this is never going to work. So, but they knew, they knew. I mean, even if they came out and said, "Well, I'm really sorry, but we we don't think we're going to have to have you know have cross game chat due to this." But we are trying to find a workaround. If we ever find that workaround, you'll get it. You know, even if they just sort of came clean and said, "Look." You know, because basically what, what Yoshida has said is once a game gets RAM, we never get it, give it back. So it's not possible to retrofit something after the fact. So that's it. So they, they, they can't do anything because that's just the way the system runs. You know, and it, it has to use the memory in the, in the in-game voice chat to make it work. So it'll never happen. But that's, yeah, piss me off that, really. Because I just think, for God's sake. And, and what's even more funny is that uh, the new Vita will have cross-game chat. <laughs> so if you're playing a game on Vita, you'll be able to chat with other people whilst playing on it. Mm. So whatever. And it's just like, for God's sake, they should have come clean as So that peed me off a little bit this week. Anyway, um, and on that note, we need to uh, listen to the Lizard. He is back. He is back. He, uh, yeah. he has got his genitals bandaged very tightly after his accident. Uh, and nice. uh, yeah, there are, apparently his left testicle is twice the size of his right testicle. That's well, just normal though, for him. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. So uh, hopefully he'll be feeling better soon. But uh, you, you can't tell his voice is as normal. It's not gone any higher pitched or anything. You know, I thought it might have been a bit high pitch this week due to his accident, but he didn't. So there you go. Uh, so let's have a listen to him. Uh, we'll come back, have a quick chatter about what he's talked about. And, uh, well, we were meant to be having egg timer topics, but we've no timers or anything. <laughs> we've no timer for this no, week. No. So maybe we'll find out something else to talk about. Maybe we'll find something else to talk about. Um, so uh, let, let's have a listen to the Lizard. And then when we come back, we'll find something else to talk about. There you go. It served me right to suffer It served me right to be alone Because my mind I'm still living In the days of path and gone Hey, Mr. Uh- Beaver Buenos dias, queridos It's time for Obscurity Yep, the lizard once again plays games that are as wholly unpopular as he is. This week I've been playing Shadows of the Damned, a gripping experience that only about seven people bothered to purchase. Honestly, you know, more people picked up Katie Price's books than this, and she barely knows the correct sequence of the alphabet. In fact, you could say her alphabet stops at G, which is her bra cup size. Ha ha, slow clap for the bad joke. 
I'm so sorry. Shadows of the Damned is one of the most insane, ludicrous and downright ridiculous games that's ever been released. Which is why, for those very reasons, it's one of the best new IPs to hit consoles in recent years. But don't act surprised, or if you do, do it behind closed doors. The executive producer is none other than legendary Japanese nutcase Suda51. And also the creative producer is Shinji Mikami, the creator of Resident Evil. So... If you need to tie down Shadows of the Damned into one lovely capsule, you could say it's Resident Evil 4 meets Grindhouse. It's off-kilter, it's wonderfully self-aware, and genuinely funny throughout. Plays like Resident Evil 4, but infused with a dose of the absurd, the juvenile, and the self-referential. So, why is there a Grindhouse reference? Well, the game follows Mexican demon hunter Garcia Hotspur, which is a ridiculous name, but then there's an American actress called Hilary Swank, so make of that what you will. Garcia, a foul-mouthed slayer of demons who finds himself chasing his stolen girlfriend to the depths of hell. Garcia is sadly not a masked Mexican luchador like the Grelt El Santo. So, Garcia's girlfriend is stolen by Fleming the Demon Lord. Originality, nil poids. Please, call me Fleming. Oh, you're not going to get the body over one little blonde bombshell. Tell you what, you can have the girl back with his new... If you atone for your sins against me for slaying my legion of demons, admit that you challenged a greater power and lost. Admit that your endowment will never measure up to my own. I will admit you're a fucking asshole. How's that, Fleming? <laughs> so be it. A place for Porna has now been set at my table, mortal. You cannot have her back now. So, Fleming, now, if I were a demon lord, I wouldn't call myself Fleming. I'd call myself Balthog the Maiden Ravager, or Threshmoggy the Defiler. Then again, in the game, the first boss you encounter is called George, so superb names are maybe not the mainstay of Shadows of the Damned. George as in not the camp pink hippo from Rainbow, sadly. Luckily, Garcia is not alone as he trawls through the hellhole. Accompanying him is his pet demon, Johnson. Johnson is a cross between Planescape Torments Mort and Portal 2's Wheatley, and also he's called Johnson. Johnson, it's the same name as a man's dangly bits, that's hilarious. If I was 14, I'm 36, and this is a little bit beneath me, even for one as widely stupid as myself. That being said, Johnson is a wry, crass character who transforms Michael Bay style into your weapons. So when he's not your handgun, he's floating next to you, providing all manner of quips and childish smut jokes. Although it's packed full of innuendo, the banter between Hotspur and Johnson never tires thanks to the game's clever writing. It's immature, but it's also inventive and amusing. Is that a floating strawberry? Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh, these things are like demon catnip when I was little. Johnson, do I take this strawberry? Yes! Jeez, excuse me for having a little fruit fantasy. 
Then again, why not contradict myself? Plenty of games with inane and puerile writing, like Duke Nukem Forever, they use self-awareness as an excuse, but Shadows of the Damned isn't just aware of its stupidity, it embraces it with an abandon that I can't but help respect. One example is, when you wander around the world, there are several large tomes scattered around the game that you can read to learn more about the backstories of certain bosses. Now, brilliantly... These aren't read by Garcia, and it isn't just text on the screen, they're narrated by Johnson, which adds an incredible witty back comment here and there into the proceedings. I won't ruin any surprises, but if you do see a book in the game, it's well within your interests to check it out. Please don't mistake Shadows of the Damned for another generic Gears of War goes to hell, which is just cannon fodder demons and some blood. Darkness is creeping around. Darkness is the threat that always threatens to engulf you in the game. If you get caught in the gloomy veil, your health slowly depletes. Now, to lift this fog in the game, you need to seek out a goat head positioned on a wall and shoot it with a light shot, because in hell, light comes from goat head candelabras, obviously. It's a very basic concept that is used well and fascinatingly during the course of the whole rescue mission. You may need to run through a whole hall of shadows aware of your slowly draining health, or you may fight a monster that actually fears the darkness above all else, so you have to put yourself in danger to extinguish the lights to make that thing vulnerable in the first place. Puzzles that force you to step into the darkness and to risk injury to seek the solution. They find... An incredible balance. But how can you dance in the dark like Bruce Springsteen when the time arises? There's always a balance to find and tempt fate without dying. But intoxicating as these scenarios are, they are always, always fair. The puzzles and the combat are also augmented by an ever-increasing arsenal of new weapons and tools. Not so many as to be superfluous or pointless, but about halfway through the game, for example, Garcia gets the ability to place light mines with his pistol, which means he can sticky-bomb them to enemies and shoot them for a whole splash damage explosion, or use them for exploration, breaking down walls and trying to find hidden areas. The good thing about Shadows of the Damned is that variety is the watchword, shipmates. Just as you're tiring of the El Diablo carnage, Shadows will throw a curveball at you and suddenly you'll blunder across a demon strip club, for example. It's a game that is able to flip from ultra-real violence to you following a angle fish sushi lamp which slithers along chanting an odd French-Japanese rap. There's a shooting gallery of sorts with a cannon, and there's some very inventive and thankfully short 2D side-scrolling origami papercraft section just thrown into the mix. Luckily, Grasshopper know when to quit while they're ahead, and when to quit whilst the player is still captivated, so these diversions remain exactly that and don't drag the game down with a sense of forced novelty for its own sake. By the time you get to the fourth act with Shadows of the Damned, you may assume that you've learned every trick and every nuance, but really that's far from the case. There's always something new and surreal around the corner which keeps you constantly playing to see what could possibly strike you from the left field next. For example, an honourable mention has to go to the travelling shopkeeper of sorts called Christopher. Christopher is a southern-sounding hillbilly demon who is half-demon, but also half-human. Well, hi! Ho! Name's Christopher. Now don't y'all be afraid, I ain't gonna bite. Trust me. You see, 
I'm what you call a mixture of beast and human. Oh, best of both worlds, my pappy said. Hey, but what are you doing around these parts? Ain't you immortal? Why should I tell you? All I see is demon. Well, shucks. You gotta look underneath the leathery exterior. Deep down, I am a sensitive and understanding listener. Christopher loves to eat white gems, which is the game's currency, which he then transmutes into purchased items such as drinks, ammo, and the upgrading red gems. So he very literally vomits these up for you on the floor. When my cat vomits, it's always partially digestive meat or mouse innards. Where is my health drink, you damnable cat? Shadows of the Damned is a game in which not one second is wasted on boring activities. It could have been dragged out to a 15-hour game which would have been protracted and unnecessary, as opposed to a much more focused and honed 10 hours. It's a tightly crafted adventure with a, a relentless sense of pace that continually pushes you forward. Every boss fight, every diversion just serves to enhance the experience and the combat sequences are so beautifully realised that they always keep you surprised and entertained. So, the result of all this is a game that's actually quite hard to take seriously, but simultaneously it's also one that's focused on making its representation of hell as disturbing as possible. The foul creatures therein threaten to repulse even the most strong-stomached of gamers. It's filled with Dante-esque visions, babies or dolls, pins to trees, bodies hanging like lights, severed limbs, oozing demons, piles of corpses. It's like the human centipede met Mad World met Hieronymus Bosch, or very much like my last trip through a council estate. So if you're weary of tired, generic, brown shooters in which nameless marines save America, it'll be in your best interests to rush out and pick up a copy of Shadows of the Damned. If you enjoy playing generic brown shooters in which faceless marines save America, then you're in for a treat at the end of the year so you can flail yourself into a patriot wet frenzy with the likes of Battlefield 3 and Modern Warfare 27 or however many they've churned out these days. Anyway... I'm off to faker Spanish accent and wish I was cool. I will remain, sadly, an idiota cabron pendejo. Service Lizard, signing out. Be seeing you. Because when I think of all the things I've got to do, I just get depressed. <sighs> and I'd rather go to bed, so good night. I'm a great big old Hector saying good night. So there you go. That was the Lizard, officially. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Surface Lizard. Yep, yep. So he's finally played Shadows of the Damned. Uh, so what do you what do you think? You, were you surprised that he liked it? Not really. No, this is right up his street. Isn't it? Like, it's ridiculous. It's a terrible, weird game. Of course he's going to like it. It's not. No. You know, actually, I think you're really being quite harsh saying it's terrible. It is not a terrible game. It isn't. It isn't. No, maybe not terrible. Weird, though. It is definitely weird. Because it's your okay. favourite favor- game developer, of course. <laughs> not, not, not many people know it. Right. So, like... Unpopular weird games. I told you, Surface Lizard, like like you, unpopular weird games. But then, if I, this was as popular as Gorgia, <laughs> he wouldn't even fucking touch it. No, but then I absolutely agree with Surface Lizard that it did it didn't get enough sort of marketing and stuff because it, it it is a better game than that. It isn't a bad game at all. And how do you market a game that has a boner gun? I know, I know. <laughs> Called Johnson. Uh, I don't know, but I just think it's a shame. I do think it's a shame that. Uh, I don't. I think it's a blessing. 
Um, so yeah, so thank you for that, and it's it's interesting way because we don't really get to talk a lot about when he does reviews, um, because obviously it's different to when he gives us something juicy to talk about. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree with him. I thought it was actually I think it's a bit unappreciated and a bit you know weird and shit. Yeah. No, I think I think it's better than that. I think it's got some nice in jokes. I like some of the in jokes in it, but hey ho, unfortunately it didn't sell that well. But there you go. Um, so what I thought we'd do. Um, as we have got some egg timer topics, uh, we'll just do them without the three-minute limit. We'll just talk about them until we run out of things to say. How about that? No, I'll still time it. I'll still time it. All right. All right. If you insist. Yeah. God, lovers, you have to have all these rules and stuff. Look, can you not just let go for once? No. Okay. Uh, well, the first one is from Woody. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yep. And he says this. Uh, and I think you'll like this. This is right up your alleyway. Here we go. Uh, do you think GTA Five will appear on this generation or the next generation of consoles? Also, which of the major AAA franchises do you think we have seen the last of on this generation after Uncharted 3, Bioshock 3, Gears of War 3, Mass Effect 3, etc., etc., etc.? That we feel that we'll get any more of, and I fear that this generation may start to wind down. So, so what the so what he's saying is, will GTA Five appear on this generation and sort of sequels to well, it's Bioshock Infinite, I guess. No, I heard him. I heard him. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, what what do you think then? Go for it. Okay, so I think we will see GTA Five on this generation. I think we will. I think it'll be like kind of one of the last games that to come out. Um, but then, do you think do you think the the console manufacturers would want that? Do you think Microsoft and Sony would go? No, 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 no. We can make it a launch title on our new one, and then it'll sell twice as many. No, because I don't, no, no. I don't, I don't think they they'd want to do like Rockstar do what they want, right? And I'm, they're, they're definitely working on a GTA because there's no doubt about it because they've been hiring voice talent for for months um, on, on on it, and no. There's, it's going to happen. GTA will happen. They're making it now, and they're making it for the current consoles. So, that's a fact. All yeah, right. um, I, I would probably agree with you. I still In terms think of AAA titles that we won't see any more of this generation, I doubt we'll see another Gears of War. Yeah, I'm probably with you on that. Because, you know, Epic, Epic even though are not, they're, they're partnered with Microsoft, they're not part of Microsoft. Um, I think they, they're very much like Microsoft. They they enjoy working with them, and I think Gears of War has done fantastic for them. I don't think we'll see another Gears of War for the Xbox, but when the, the, and the new Xbox comes out, that, that you could see another Gears of War kind of trip like a trilogy coming out. I think Halo Four will probably will be on the current Xbox 360. Maybe the next Halo after that won't be. Um, what else? We won't see. Do you think? Do you think Halo's got the same mass appeal now that Bungie aren't making it anymore? Yes. Though? Yeah. Look, Jimmy plays Halo every day. My little nephew, right? Jimmy plays Halo every day, and it's still massive. Halo is still huge. It's just ginormous. Like people are playing it all the time. There's so many people on there, Stu. It's a world that we don't know about. I guess. I, I guess the other thing to sort of bear in mind is do. Do people care as much as we do about who's developing a game? Probably people don't, do they, on the whole? 
No. Um, Probably right. And it could be a good thing that new people, new developers are coming in, you know, fresh perspective. But, yeah, uh, I think we'll see a Halo game. We won't see another Bioshock game. No chance. No, I don't um, think... I, I don't know whether there's any more story to tell for Bioshock, though. I don't know well, whether we you need... Don't know, like, you, you don't know about that, but there's... We don't. Definitely, there's, there will be another Assassin's Creed, because Assassin's Creed 3 will come out next year. Um, there... I don't know. Call of Duty, there's going to be plenty of those. Half-Life is a tricky one. I think there will be a Half-Life. Don't uh, say on when that's going to come. I, I think there will be. Maybe another Batman. Um, I don't know whether there will be another Half-Life on this generation. You know, I, th- I think so. I think because I, be. I think Gabe Newell's holding out and waiting till the, the till the tech's available to to no. do justice on the consoles. I think three minutes is up. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you no. go. See, I like that better than the the time of that. It's good. Three minutes is up. We'll do with that. That's fine. Okay, uh, next one up. Here we go. Uh, this one's from Keverton. Uh, and he says this, and we, uh, we've sort of vaguely discussed this before, but he put it in his introduction, so I said we would talk about it. And he says this, Do you think in the next generation of consoles, uh, the focus will shift away from graphics and more towards immersive worlds and better NPC AI? So we, okay. we, we have talked about this before, really. Yeah. Yeah. At length as well, to be honest. So you go ahead, Stu. You start this one off. Well, I think... It'll be a combination of both because I think ultimately, if I'm being really honest, you know, and I'm a, I'm a whore for aesthetic details, as you well know. Really? Uh, graphics, in my opinion, sell games more than story in immersive worlds, unfortunately, because that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. But I think hopefully we'll have the best of both worlds with, with obviously new generations because there'll be more power so you can have all the shiny, cool graphics and you don't... You see, because what, what happens in this generation... Is if you if you want more NPC characters on screen, then you've got to give something else up. Because or you've got to make them absolutely stupid. Yeah, or the, or they don't have any program because you've, you've obviously only got so much power to use, and you've got to spread it around, yeah. haven't you? Like, like the the reason why you don't see hundreds of enemies on the screen, it, except for games like Dead Rising, is because all those AIs are, are incredibly stupid. That's perfect for a zombie game. In Gears of War 2, when you do see hundreds of enemies on screen, they, they, they are very dumb versions of the Locust. So they just run in, run in one direction. They don't, they don't realise you're even there. They just run until they're shot. Do you know what was interesting? I remember that as being the most stupid claim ever, wasn't it? Because when, when Gears of War 2 came out, Cliff E.B. was wittering on about how there were going to be hundreds of Locusts on screen at once and all that. And there was... But they weren't doing it. They were just running. That was it. Yeah. That's all they did. Yeah. Um, and I think but, that's but that, that. On a whole, that game was was on a huge scale compared yeah. to the first one. It was. There's no doubt. There is no doubt of that. But yeah, I agree with you. I think you know. I think moving forward, if they it's, it, they've got to have a lot of RAM. It needs a lot of RAM going on. Got to have the RAM. You've got to have the RAM. And and if they do get that usable power there, I, I think we'll start to see a, a, a sort of a move in, in the way that games are programmed because, the, you, know, you know, it's interesting because everyone sort of thinks about graphics all the time. But to me, you know, and as much as I go on about sort of how a game looks, but to me it's more, and I keep trying to say this, I guess, but it never really comes across that way, but it's more how a game makes you feel from the atmosphere from the graphics. You know, yeah, that's so what you do. It's what you do. It is. It's what you do, and and that's that's what I like about it. It's the way that the that the graphics and the, and how it makes you feel. So mm. yeah, I, I think like it's going to eliminate things like loading screens. You know what I mean? Like loading screens. Um, yeah, better. I suppose more clever AI. 
Um, but the things like, like you can pick up everything, like imagine like a game where you can pick up everything in the room, like a Fallout, you can do that in Fallout, you know, like more games will be like that, but it's also how much time do the developers put in the game, if they, it, 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 and it's also the middleware, the middleware to make a game is going to improve, right, so, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things where it, it's also, yes, more RAM, more this and that, but it's also, it, it depends on the developer, like the developer still has to, has to like, Make sure they make a game with love and put a lot of effort in. Um, so it, it's it's two it's two things. I, I think uh, it, it depends on the developer, but no, more RAM. Every developer would like more RAM, but the developer needs to put the work in. Three minutes. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say quickly, quickly. I was just going to say the final thing I would say is that uh, being able to do better graphics makes developers lazy because they know that people buy stuff because of the way it looks, and all they do is sort of make it look as pleasing as possible to trick you into buying it. So it's like you said, you need to put the time and effort in. So there you go. Thank you, uh, Keverton, for that. And we'll move on to next one. Are you ready with your head timer, I guess, in your head? Right, last one. Uh, This one is probably, again, something we have talked about before. So we are raking over stuff we've already talked about. But uh, for any new listeners or people who've not tuned in of every show that we've ever done, they might not remember us talking about this, but so we'll give it a go. And this one's from Diamond Dave, another new member. And he says this... Uh, will gaming ever be accepted as a positive pastime, or will it always be thought of as a geek thing? Uh, I still have friends who look at you funny if you say you were playing Xbox, etc. Why do some people just not get into gaming? So there you go. That's an interesting question and something we have discussed before, but maybe you've got a new opinion on it now, Chinny, as time has moved on. What do you think? Uh, have you changed your opinion? Has anything changed? I always, I always think gaming will always be looked at as a geek thing. Like, I, I think it will still, you know, Book. If you read a lot of books, it's like kind of got that nerd, like bookworm type thing about it. But even though you know to to read a book is very good for you, um, I do think the opinions of games will change. But it will still be looked at as a nerdy thing to do. So um, people, when you say you play a lot of games, it doesn't necessarily mean that you live in a basement and you have no friends because people know now that gaming is, is all about getting friends, like talking to friends and interacting with them, and communities are built from them. And games themselves have involved storylines and cool things going on. And a lot of people growing up are starting to play games now, so they understand the appeal of them. But it will still be looked at as a nerdy thing. Just as football is looked at as a, like a, a, a hooligan, thuggish thing to do, just as reading is a very kind of um, nerdy thing, kind of swatty thing to do. You know, they still have these associations, but they will. Like people kind of won't. I actually, I actually they won't think... Speak, talk to you for it, like... I think it depends what type of games you mean. And the same applies to books. Because you, if you, like, you know, read popcorn-type books, you know, like the sort of Dan Brown-type books and all those sorts of things, you're not considered a geek or a nerd. But if you read a book on philosophy or something that was a lot heavier, then you would be. And I think the same applies to games. So I know probably every person at work has probably played Angry Birds on something. Yeah. And, and probably played it for a lot of hours, possibly. You know, played it for a long time on and off. Yeah. But they wouldn't either A, consider themselves gamers, or, or B, consider themselves geeks. Uh, so I, I think it's weird, because you would probably speak to... If you spoke to anyone who you know, they probably played a game on a handheld gaming device of some description. You know, whether it be Angry Birds or Cut the Rope or whatever. 
Uh, yeah, but they, it's like my wife, my wife, my wife, my, my wife. Uh, she plays Peggle within an inch of its life all the time. She's always playing Peggle or Zuma. Yeah, and she has her own PS3. But if I said to her, "So, do you think you're a gamer?" then she would say no categorically without even having to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because she uses her PS3 for that and for you know playing music on VidZone and you know doing all the other stuff he does. So she doesn't really use it for what it's actually designed for, primarily. Well, she so, thinks she doesn't, but she does. Well, she sort of does. Playing Peggle on a PS3 is what it's designed for. It is, it is. But, like, she would never dream of playing anything else. So, you know, if I gave her... I mean, Heavy Rain is the closest to a proper game she's ever played, and I ended up having well, to do all the action scenes for her. Well, that's not a proper game. Because every time she saw her, she liked the story and stuff, you know, and then she would be like... When an action scene came, she'd just hand over the controller for me to do it for her because she didn't want to do it. Three minutes. Did a couple, but she was stressed. Is that really three minutes? God, that went really fast. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. And and just his final question, why did people not get into gaming? I guess you just don't. Don't see the appeal. I don't know. It's a a weird question. I don't know why, because if they tried it, they might like it. So there you go. Mm. Uh, Well, on that note, on this weirdest of shows, uh, because it has been a weird show, hasn't it? because of the cut-offs and things happening and Duke being all Skypey and then him disappearing and, oh, God, it's been a weird show. Um, so I think we need to do some shout-outs and get the hell out of here. So, uh, Ginny, yeah, shout-outs. I would like to shout-out Duke Scath. Uh, he's a listener to the show. He used to be on the show, but he isn't anymore. We kicked him off. Um, also, shout-out to my friend Marsh. I was talking to my mate Marsh. Marsh is my best mate, right? And yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he he was saying to me, like, I didn't think he'd listen to the podcast, Marsh. And he was talking to me yesterday saying, you never mentioned me. You never, like, you even talk about things that we did together on Xbox. And I think, oh, he's going to talk about me now. And you never do. So I mentioned him this, today. I was going to talk about Red River. And I'm giving a shout out now. Um, so Lee Marsh, here's your shout out. Shut up. Um, what a, I'm his best man, by the way, Stu. Are you? Well, uh, when's he getting married? When's he getting he's married? getting married uh, next year, next September. So, so have you have you been on one of those websites where it'll just do your best man speech and you just no, put the no, name? I'm writing it myself. I'm writing it myself. I want to write it myself. I've already got the opening joke. Have you? Have you? Well, yeah. don't tell him because he, he's no, listening. He's listening. Yeah, I, yeah, you I'm, can't I'm, do that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to say it. But it's a good one. It's a good one. I've practiced it. It's really good. I've got another joke as well, but I'm not going to do the cliche thing of. Just telling like terrible stories about what we got up to. I'll, I'll, I'll do a couple, but ultimately I want it to be a good message. I, I, it's not very often that I'll get very serious or say nice things about Marsh, um, but I think at that opportunity, I, you know, I'm not going to go mad, Stu. Is what I'm saying. I okay, think, well, that's good. You know, I, I'll keep it sh- like not short and sweet, but sweet. Definitely like sweet. I'll, I'll keep it, you know, nice and stuff. So, um, but I'll, I'll throw in some some uh, some funny ones in there. You know, um, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Yes, so shout out to Lee Marsh or Iceman Marshy on Xbox Live. You can add him if you want. Tell him that you're a friend of mine. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, I'm going to shout out John Mao. First, he keeps on sending me invites for Red River. From now on, I will accept them. I always wait for Marsh, but from now on, because I can't yeah, play that game. because you've given up. Given I've up, given man. up, like, so I'll just play with anyone now. I'm a whore. And Marsh has finished that game like three times, so it's not like he's missing out. Um... Yeah, and that, that, that's, I think that's it, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, 
I was trying to think who I could give my shout outs to tonight because, like, you know, I always think of something stupid. Or well, you go on Twitter and say, anybody want to Yeah. So I thought, what I'll do tonight, the first thing I want to give a shout out to is the in betweeners. Uh, have, have you watched the movie? I though? went to watch the movie this week and I laughed so much, I thought popcorn was going to come out my nose. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too excited. I, lo- I love it was a, the in I, lo- I think it's funny and stuff. It was very. I'm not excited for the film. I don't know why. It was all right. It was all right. Don't get me wrong. They have retread it over some of the jokes that were in the series, but that's fine because it yeah. still made me laugh. Um, and it was good. I, I, you know, all these people who have been really negative about it. Well, whatever. I thought it was funny. And we there was about there was four lads when you know just a bit of a lads' night. You know, going watching a stupid movie, and we all laughed a lot. So that's fine. And you know, the funniest thing is, two of the people who came had never seen the In Between Us. Wow. Like, did have no idea what it was about or what, you know, had no idea what to expect, which was so funny. Um, and there was two of us who had obviously watched all the series and two who hadn't seen anything about it at all, so I had no idea. Um, and afterwards, I ended up lending the, the first two series to the guy who, who came who hadn't seen it before, so he'll be watching that and presumably laughing a lot. So there you go. So, yes, uh, that was one of mine. And uh, I'm going to shout out Parsnip Nose, uh, who... Is from the 035s, now Gate, or formerly the 035s, and now it's Gate, came in for the elderly, yeah. uh, who sent an entry into the competition. And it's someone I've not heard of for a while, and I was like, oh, well, he must still listen to the show, so a shout-out to you, Parsnip. There you go, and thank you for your entry. Yeah. Um, and uh, who else can I shout-out? Who else? We haven't read out the emails, Stu. Have we had an email? We had two. Did we? Yeah. Are you sure? What yeah. do you want? Come on, then. You oh, from that- Hans V. Ah, oh, well, yeah, but I thought that was, I was going to sort of talk about that as a play date, so I was going to sort of bring those up for the play date. All right, well, hang on, Hans V. We'll yeah, it. yeah, but I was checking because I didn't know whether we were doing that, but seeing as Duke's not here, we'll just do that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. But, yes, I did see those, I did see those, but they weren't really like emails, emails, if you know what I mean. I didn't read them, I just saw that we got one. So, yeah, well, we'll, so, we'll so I'll read it out. So yeah, go on. It. You read this. So says, you read the first. I'll uh, Hans V said, "Hey, Stu and crew. So we're me and Duke are not important." To- I know. I like that. I know that we all want to play Speed Halo and Halo Reach. Um, so I found out that Halo Reach is twenty dollars off at GameStop here in America. I think the deal will be over before the next podcast. So I just wanted to know, just in case you post something in the site. Then he sent another one saying, "Wait, there's more." Are you reading this one, Stu? Yeah, yeah, I'll read that. He said, wait, there's more. He said, dear Stu and crew, again, I just want to, I just went on a British game store site. You may have heard of it. It's called Game. Oh, I don't know. I've never heard of that. Have you heard of that? <laughs> I know you know it, uh, but they also have £20 off Halo Reach. Just wanted to let you know. But I would imagine we can pick it up for next to nothing if we go on Amazon on second hand or whatever. But he also said, did, am, I, am I correct? He said... Oh, I was out somewhere else already. But somebody else had said they... That might have been on the website, actually, on the forums. I thought it was on here. But someone said they don't mind hosting the Reach Playdate if we do one, and they'll download all the different game modes and set it all. All right, all right. But I can't um, remember who that was, so I need to look now. So you carry on. You carry on, and I'll quickly look for that. Well, this is the thing, listeners. This is the thing. Right, I'm talking to the listeners now. All right, Duke, he's, he's gone, right? But his internet's filed on him. However, he's still kind of online. His internet's very intimate at the moment. So he's going to work in there, not working. And he's, he said in the chat, right, that um, I asked him, what, what's the game for this week's play date? And he said, Battlefield Bad Company 2. 
Now, Hans V has written in saying he yep. wants to play Halo Reach. And, so, and the JC Maestries has said, if the next week's play date is going to be Speed Halo and Rocket Races on Halo Reach, then I will happily host as I can download the maps and game ties from some Halo Reach fun. I think it's looking towards Halo, Halo yeah, Reach. Yeah, I've got it. I'm with them. We've, we've done Battlefield 2 quite a few times. So yeah. Let's, uh, st- and and to be fair, Duke doesn't like Halo, and that's the only reason he never does it. But I think a lot of people would turn up for Halo. I think, yeah, but I think Speed Halo is going to be fun. I think Duke yeah, will like that. Yeah. Uh, the Rocket Races, I think Duke will like that. Because he's never played those things. And he didn't even know what Forge was. And he thought that was a PC mod. So, he, you know, he hasn't really experienced these like Halo weird game types. So maybe he'll enjoy it. So I'm going to force him to play it. Yeah, force it. And, and I, I will go out and rent the game. I, yeah, I, think so. I will yeah. make an effort and rent the game because because uh, I'm still on holiday next Sunday, so I I can sort of I'm sure I can get a night off, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll give it a rental and and I'll even I'll even join in. How about cool. I like Halo? I don't mind playing Halo on. I like Halo. Yeah. So uh, if you listen to this on Friday or Saturday, get your Halo on. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Sunday six o'clock. Halo. Brilliant. Okay, uh, if you like this podcast, there are other podcasts you can listen to. Just go to vghub.net. Uh, VG, VG, VG oh. .net, net, 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 net. Uh, are we really doing this, though? Yeah, uh, and I can't remember any more of it, even uh, though I hear it every single week. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, just go to vghub.net. I thought that was quite a good recreation, sort of. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, and on that note, we really need to get the hell out of here. There you go. Please uh, to bounce. Yeah, time to go. Uh, bye. See ya. Weird. Peace. Oh, Shama yeah. fool. Sounds weird, we know. Sound Dude. effects. Yeah. Leroy Jenkins. Not quite the same. Is that all the same? No. No? Don't ever do that again. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you... Done.